Welcome to Raw Babes 101. We are your hosts, Miss KK and TT. But guess what? Tiffany is going to be in the hot seat tonight. We are interviewing Tiffany to basically get all of the knowing and the know-how of this beautiful soul. We want to know who is Tiffany? What makes Tiffany Tiffany? Why did you fucking choose to come down to earth school during this time that just so happens to be at the same time as me <laughs> to do, to assist with this massive awakening? <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that loud outburst with our new big mic. Big mofo. Big mofo. So we have Miss Tiffany Garrigus in the hot seat. I am going to ask some series of questions to Miss Tiffany and she's going to answer them to the best of her ability. She does get one, one, call a friend, two, she gets a pass, and three, it's call a family member. <laughs> this is from um, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? You know how you could ask oh. the audience? Okay, so she has ask the audience, call a friend, and a pass. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. We love that you're here to have Miss Tay Tay in the giant hot seat. Almost as hot as her hair. Like, hello. Holla. Okay. Here we go, loop-de-loo. First and foremost, Miss TT, I would like to know, how are you doing for real? For real, how are you doing? Doing pretty fucking good, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> so she's like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, I've been doing a lot of reflecting as I, for instance, I slipped on the ice the other day. And now I have this shoulder thing. I thought you literally meant that you slept on the ice. I was like, oh, is this slipped. new? For, is this a new beauty trick <laughs> for youth? Okay, slipped on the ice. I slipped on the ice so that now, like when these things happen, I tend to like do a lot of reflection to see if there is anything energetically that's sitting in that area. So off, also, I got this like pain in my forearm. So that's been like kind of like I've been working through some whatever things I need to work through for that, like what that means. Um, um, I'm going to stop you there. Yeah. What has been going on in your life recently that you expected... And then also, what has been going on in your life that you didn't expect? <laughs> so what is what has been going on in your life recently that you have expected? Um, I guess just... <laughs> what did I expect? Yeah, what's been going on in your life recently that you've expected to be going on in your life? Well, I knew my son was coming home from hockey. Okay. So he's been away since September. Uh, that's amazing. It's beautiful to have him in our house again, living amongst the Vida Loca. The Vida Loca. <laughs> yeah, he's just such a beautiful soul. So I agree. Yeah. Uh, what I have not expected... Uh, you know what? I'm not sure at this point. 
I think if, if I was just to change that question around just slightly, um, I guess what I didn't expect with is the feedback from the work that you and I are doing. Mm. Um, I, and I have this, like this really silly thing where I just don't give myself enough credit. Mm. And then when I hear it, you know, like, uh, a result of the work that we're doing, it's just like, okay, yes, I'm on the right track. So sometimes I don't expect that level of feedback. Okay. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. And That's it's, it's a nice surprise and it feels good. It feels good to know that what I've expected is happening. And so knowing that we're on the right track of like everything that we're doing. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Is that deep enough? Yeah. Also with what came <laughs> yeah. to, yeah. What came to my <laughs> mind though, truthfully is yeah. like seeing your transformation from fitness coach to spiritual fitness coach. Yeah. It's just, it's a game changer. It has been, hasn't it? Honing in on my own practice, like on my, like before I was just kind of doing just the fitness thing. And I always felt like that was a really good foundation to start people on building a little bit of clarity and what their, their next step is. Mm -hmm. Cause I know for me, when I started focusing on, on uh, nutrition, like so many years ago, I didn't realize how long I was sitting with depression and anxiety. I, I just, it was just normal for me. Yeah. So it was almost like a high, like I got like high from when I started eating clean. And then I was always kind of searching for that high again. I'm like, what's going on? But actually I just, I didn't realize that was just the beginning. Yeah. Right. So I used that experience for, um, you know, for the work that I was doing, but honestly what, what was happening and I was just attracting, uh, people who were not fully committed really in the beginnings, like really just starting to plant the seed. Yeah. Cause it is, it's not like an instant gratification. It's all these years of practice, you know, from then to now, that's a lot of work that's been done since then. Mm -hmm. So expecting someone to take in everything from here now, I need, you know, it's easier to deal with or deal with, but like coach someone who's already done a little bit of the foundation. Yeah. You know, 100%. at the level that I've, that I want to teach. And I think me looking back on your journey as an outsider looking in the evolution of external work versus internal work. And mm -hmm. I see the balance of the fact that you're teaching people, not only can you have a great external, mm -hmm. but you ain't really shit if you don't have the internal balanced. And I think that's really cool what I've noticed especially with your classes mm. is you've brought in that entire the, the entire piece that was missing to so many others so it's really great for me to observe and watch you really hone in on breathing and you know the affirmations that people are saying now mm -hmm. when they're doing workouts with you and even mm -hmm. me in your class it's like you can do this your body can handle this it's just Bringing in that whole spiritual practice is very admirable. It's interesting because I feel like, because I mean, we've known each other for so long and I remember vividly, I remember one time and I can speak for myself and this is why I resonate because I did the same thing that you'd lost a lot of weight Okay. and you were focused on the external mm -hmm. and it's same thing with me. I did the exact same thing. I was so focused on my external. It was just, it was just never enough. No. And physically, yeah, we look banging, but mentally we're a fucking mess. We're just rocked. Rocked. 
And so there was a lot of issues that we were still dealing with. But now that we have this level of balance, mm -hmm. we have this new youthful look to us. Like it's like aging isn't really a thing and loving our bodies where we're at. And I'm not, I'm not yes. saying we're perfect yeah, by any course. means, but the level of happiness compared to now from before is so significant. Mm -hmm. There's so much difference there. So it's super cool to say, and I love that you brought that up because me, uh, then you guys like would look at a picture. My body was rocking. Like I'm, it's still rocking. Thanks for saying just that. Saying. I feel that it is. Yeah. I just am saying you would look at that photo and be like, wow, like that's way more chiseled and all this. But it's like the difference of confidence mm. that's like so not confident. No. And that's why our shells and the external doesn't mean shit. And that's why I always say like, that's right. If, if our insides, that's what I'm even working on still to this day. Yeah. Is me too. Getting the insides mm -hmm. to be like, we're good because mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what we gain or attract externally. It will eventually fade away if our insides I said this, it's like, you know, you can be an 80 year old woman and maybe we're so beautiful. And then you've technically, you say like you've lost that or your youthfulness. If you didn't have that in your twenties or thirties or forties, mm -hmm. you're going to be rocked in mm -hmm. your eighties. What are you going to think you have? You're going to think that you have nothing. So it's so important. We only get wiser. The cool thing is too, is I had to do some major like reflection because right now I have not been this heavy since like pregnancy i'm not gonna lie yeah it was but, even like with me too but right yes so um with that i was like i noticed the shit i was saying it's like fuck you fucking fucking lose the weight man like mm. get over yourself just fucking like, figure your shit out yeah. like blah 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 but then i'm not giving myself enough credit i know that if we sit with like a excessive weight which i don't feel like I am sitting with excessive weight mm -hmm. um, to each judgment of their own. Like whatever you think, it doesn't um, matter if it's not um, positive. It's all good. Right? Um, but, oh yeah, so losing the weight, I had to do some major reflection uh, and going internal and actually saying those affirmations that I am good. I am loved. I'm perfect to where I, where, where I, I am, where I am, you know, um, just things like that. And I had to do that over and over and over again. And I fucking put on a bathing suit recently and I couldn't believe the mind shift, good. the feeling that it came over. Cause I was like, fuck, I look badass in this thing. Exactly. Like, and usually a bathing suit's really humbling. It's uh, a really humbling time. You're like, ooh, I don't. You're just like, yeah. yikes. I, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I like, don't turn around. No. Turn around. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like the there's a major balance between mental and physical because it doesn't almost it almost doesn't matter what size you're at if you're sitting there and feeling the confidence and rocking that shit. Anybody can look hot. I agree. Right. You go to the beach and there's women like. Here I was, I'm talking like back then and insecure to be like, you know, a certain piece of my body roll, like a roll happened or, and then there's women that are like larger and beautiful Curvier and curvier, but and they're walking rolls, around and they're owning and they're it just, and they are so goddess like, and I'm like, wow, like mm -hmm. that is money. That is money. You yeah. cannot put, put a dollar amount on confidence. You cannot 
buy confidence. You have to have it. One more thing I want to add to this is that our bodies actually sit at a center point weight. So we always kind of fluctuate between Mm -hmm. like 10, say 15 pounds before or after. Plus or minus. Plus or minus. And when we have this balance, and this is what I've been, I've known this for a really long time. You'll sit within that balance. Now my center point at the level I was vibrating at, like in my consciousness, it was really low. So my center point was only within like five or 10 pounds. Now it's 25. Mm -hmm. So I'm not even, that's an old center point. I'm not even the same fucking person anymore. So I'm working on a new structure right now. And I love that, you know, I'm doing all the things I'm drinking the water. I'm eating three square meals a day, taking my supplements and I supplements is the juicing mostly. I mean, there are certain uh, supplements that I do like to take, like my my B complex and my D's and my CoQ10, and now it's gonna be Sam E and all the things. Sam E. Yeah. So I feel like I feel like we're a little bit hard on ourselves, and I think if we just do things for more of our mental health, our physical health will just come. And it's Louise Hay. You know, if you affirm I am healthy, and you could whatever wordage like petite or I'm healthy and fit. You fucking say that every day, every time you look at your mirror, it falls off. Yeah. Like it, I remember during a crazy time in my life, I was reading that book like religiously. That is like the Bible. I'm telling you. Yeah. Everybody needs it. Everybody needs it. Yeah. Say it. I am healthy and petite or thin and petite or fit and muscular or I have whatever you want. Just Mm -hmm. say it and affirm it and your body believes it. So I'm, I knew this would happen because of course, whenever we talk, it goes really deep. We were wanting to stay on the intro questions, but... (laughs) <laughs> so I was just going to ask you, what has been on your mind recently that you hope to share with listeners? Oh, that's a big question because I'm doing a lot of learning right now. I'm really expanding my knowledge. Uh, I am basically learning hypnosis and breath work. So I'm taking a breathwork course right now and just the shit I'm learning. I'm just, it's so natural and innate in us. We've like relearning on. Yeah. I just, it's like, it's so simple and it's free. It's free shit. So I just, I'm so beyond excited to uh, get further enough in my courses that I'm just going to start sharing, sharing like right away. Like we're already sharing but we're sharing stuff outside of the courses that I'm taking mm-hmm. and it's already so powerful. So this is just fucking amplifies it like yeah. by a thousand percent. Yeah. Did that answer? Did yeah. that answer? Okay. What did you have for <laughs> breakfast today? Ooh, I had a smoothie that my family made. So what we've been doing is been putting together a little bit of spinach, a little bit of blueberries, banana, avocado, uh, a few other little things, and just like these little snack baggies, and we just throw them in the freezer. Mm. And we've been having those every morning, and they've been a the bomb, diggity. So I had a big cup of that, and then um, I actually made myself a heavy metal detox this morning. Perfect. So I did have that, and then we cooked some steak, organic steak last night. Mm. So I had a couple of big slivers of that also. Some big daddy meat. Big daddy. What is your favorite drink? Oh. Uh, it's actually, if I was to think something that really quenches my thirst, it is just soda water with lemon or lime. Okay. 
What is your favorite meal? Can I have two? Yeah, it's your show. This, I am obsessed with burgers and hot dogs. Okay. It's really, really? hard. It's hard. I, it, I really hold guessed. back. I really hold back. I would have never guessed. If I go downtown Vancouver and there is a fucking hot dog stand, I'm right there. Like, You're at the Jaffa mm -hmm. Dog. Fucking love it. Jalapenos and cheese? Everything. Oh, I kind of hold back on the cheese, but it's like sauerkraut, okay. onions, like all the stinky breath stuff. Yeah. Sauerkraut <laughs> is really great for cholesterol. Mm -hmm. It is. And it's good for your gut health. Who's too. your favorite artist? I know it. You do? Maybe. Is it like, like painting artist or, or no, singing? Music. Music. Everything's kind of fluctuated. What do, what do you think? Well, you know who I think. I do? Yeah. Okay, what, what is it? You that? know what I think. I'm going to send it to you. Sarah McLaughlin? No! <laughs> Tash! Oh, Tash Sultana. Yeah. yeah. She's amazing. She is amazing. But no, who is yours? I feel like if I was to think of like a current one, she's one that I play quite often. She just gets me in the zone. And what I really like about her is that she just really honed in on something that she's particularly good at. And when we do that, and she's just a perfect example, is that's a fingerprint. Nobody else fucking does it like that. It's, like, yeah, it's She hers. practiced and practiced and practiced. And yeah, I just fucking love her. Any work. other artist? Um, you know what's really sad on the spot? I have a really hard time with names. Okay. But I've, I kind of just go to like Apple. Uh, music or Spotify. Her, her thing is on on serious is the TikTok radio. Yeah, because <laughs> like I just I want sometimes I just want to expand my mm -hmm. my repertoire. Yeah, and I'm just oh I have been listening to country lately. That I is can't. not even I know this I is not even. But I go on YouTube okay. and put that on in my living room while I cook. Interesting. And it's like. I can't even believe. All on my room. But these guys are like in their early twenties. They're not even big yet. They just have mm. this fucking. They just put everything on YouTube, and they're just fucking unbelievable. So they're not your typical country. I'm just okay. saying. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they just mixed it up a little bit. Um. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Where are you from? I want to know your original story. Boom. Boom. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I know that's going to be loud on your speaker. Tiffany's always like, Kristen, you're so quiet. <laughs> I was born this way, loud. So I go back as far as when I was born. I was born in Beverly Hills. Obviously. In L.A., and yeah, some people are like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> Not your average Maple Ridgian. Maple Ridgian. Maple Ridgian. Um, yeah, but we moved to Canada when I was quite young. Uh, I got a lot of family in Florida. Like on my dad's side, everybody's in the States. So Florida and California. And then um, my mom's family's all in Canada. So we're like between BC and Alberta. And Your mom's side. My mom's side. So go yeah. back to you being born. You're born in yeah. Beverly Hills. Where yeah. are you? 
Um, I can't remember exactly where we live, but it wasn't that far. Are you in an apartment? Are you in a house? You know what? I think we may have started in an apartment, but I have vivid memories of my now past grandma, my Nana. Uh, she had a home, like one of those like white homes with like the metal picket fence and she had metal bars on each window. Oh, wow. I mean, we weren't in like Compton or anything, but City of Compton. <laughs> we were actually right by the ocean. So I have memories of walking to the ocean with my dad, memories of my sister being, I have an older sister. She's 12 years older than me. So I have memories of her and then my cousin, you know, they were just kind of babysitting me and I was playing with all their clothes in the closet. So and- you're literally um there in beverly hills until what point what age uh three okay and yeah. then you drastically yeah so my parents both lived in addiction okay um my mother felt like it was best that she came back to canada they had a major falling out um i'm gonna say she took me from my dad because my dad always wanted me in his life mm-hmm. But I think at the level of addiction that they were both sitting at and what they were dealing with, it was just so much better at that time. Okay. Just it was, it was what it was. Right. Um, I feel like it's really unfortunate when I see families that have split and they have no choice but to see the toxicity of the other parent. Mm-hmm. I think that it wouldn't have been a good idea mm-hmm. if I had to go see my dad. He was living in his addiction. Yeah. So it was Makes just sense. better off, but I did end up reuniting with him in my 20, like when I was 20 years old and it, it was the most bizarre thing because it just didn't feel like we skipped a beat. Like of he's my fucking, he's my spirit animal. Like it, we, we are in so, uh, synchronicity within our minds and the way we think we're, we know now we're telepathic with each other. Like yeah. it's fucked. That's amazing. Yeah. He's like, he's like one of the closest people. Is your oldest life. sister have the same dad? No. Okay. No, we have different dads. Okay. Yeah, he's an interesting fellow. <laughs> They're from Australia. Oh, yeah. Not, like it, it, it's a very interesting story. I don't know if I'm gonna get too much into it and give it too much power, but okay. yeah, we have different fathers. Um, and then obviously, so your mom had her, and yeah. then your mom. What got her into California from Australia? Uh, my sister's dad. So they were very young. They were together at 16. Moved at where 18. Where did they meet? Uh, where did they meet? Were they in California? Nope. They oh. were in they were in Alberta. Oh, so your mom was in Canada. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. And, and then Alberta had baby. They moved. Well, not baby yet. It was a little bit down the road. They moved into the States. He had a car auto shop. He ended up just kind of connecting with the wrong people okay. seemed right at the time in Australia in the states in, the in states. LA in LA okay so that's yeah. what brought your mom to LA yes that was my that's where I was getting at yes yeah I just wanted to know how she got there yeah and then they living in the uh, 70s uh, a lot of drugs <laughs> and a lot of drugs sold and de- did and they owned yachts and race cars and lived that fast, fast life. life yeah okay. They did, but you know, it only lasts for so long. It only lasts for so long. The pull, the fucking plug gets pulled. That's right. Any shaky ground. Yep. There's no foundation there. It's, uh, it's, 
it's more complicated than being simple. You're just kind of like living that fast life, depending on the material things to think you think that's what makes you like that person, that powerful person. It's through, yeah, the it, external. It, it, it's such bullshit, right? It's like as we stuff. know, yeah, yeah, it's just stuff. Okay. So then now we're back in Be- Beverly Hills. Now your mom's chosen to take a different path, get you guys onto a different kind of pathway yeah. to pathway peace. to peace. So you come back to now where? Where do you move to? We moved to, I think we moved to Surrey. Okay. We kind of hopped back around from Vancouver to Kelowna. We kind of just followed my mom's father. So my grandfather. Okay. Uh, He was just, he was such a light himself, even um, even though my mother grew up with addiction because her father and grandmother, or and mother came from world war two. And so they met on base, you know, he is just in love with children, but there was just so much alcohol involved mm. and so much volatile behavior that the children had witnessed. And in those days it was to be seen, not to be heard. heard yeah. And so there was a lot of trauma for them and yeah. So Either way, over the course of years, my grandfather's always expressed his love for his family, even though he was living in his addiction. So they were just, they had a really tight bond. I think it was a good uh, financial support and physical support, just having him in her life and us being connected to him. They were older mm-hmm. and over time, you know, we were able to create a bond even as children because obviously they expire over time. Mm-hmm. And so we have a lot of standing memories that way. With your grandfather. Yeah. So I think we... Did he pass with being addicted? No. You know what? But I think his addiction probably had everything to do with his passing. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Over time. But... But did he ever get clean? I don't think so. But I don't think he ever... Like, even when I was very young, I don't... They didn't drink like that any longer. Like, my grandma was stuck to a chair. Yeah. So she went into a home first and then eventually he did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So now you're back in Surrey-ish bouncing around. Yeah. And do you have any recollection of your dad, um, like missing him or wondering? Or oh God. Asking? Yeah. Yeah. I remember when we moved to Kelowna, um, we were in this like creepy little duplex. And I only say that's creepy because there's two creepy men that live next door. My mom was like very protective and as she, as soon as she saw those men, she's like fucking out of here. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I was not allowed to talk to them. I was a very protected child, even though my mom was extremely like overprotected. I have to be pretty grateful that I never really had any like like physical sexual abuse. Mm. Like I, I'm free from that, thank God. Yeah. Um. I mean, I did have an experience with another child at such a young age, but it was more. It was the age that we were at and we were just like more like, like, what's that? Like just more curious. Yes. I'm um, glad you're actually bringing that up. Yeah. Because it's really important for mm-hmm. people to understand that it happens and it's happened way more than people think. And well, then it's one th- in three children that get sexually abused. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's a high number. And it's, it's a high number. You know, it's such a tragedy and it's so catastrophic and it becomes such a secret type of feel within and then Mm -hmm. there's a lot of shame and guilt around that and then even I love how you were bringing up the fact of even experimenting with with a friend or being this little kid Mm -hmm. and you hear this 
all the time that this happens where these kids, you know, you walk in the room or they've experimented or something. And then there's so much shame around that because then they feel like something's wrong or they did something wrong. And then they basically live their whole lives as feeling like, yeah, so like they suppressed feelings. Yeah. And then they, yeah, it's such a big thing. I have witnessed parents catching their children in action and really shaming them for it. Mm-hmm. I have witnessed that. And having children and experiencing that myself, and I remember vividly, it was, I, I never would have, I never would do that. It was just very much like more of a conversation of curiosity. Yeah. Um, because like you said, it's a very traumatic thing when you get shamed for something that you were just curious about. That's right. It is like, especially something like that. Cause as you grow, you realize how private something like that really is. Mm-hmm. And then the shame just builds and builds and builds and builds. And it's like yeah. depression, anxiety, addiction, all these things start surfacing. Yep. Because you think that something is wrong with you. Yeah. And you know what? I'll tell you something attraction or turned on or anything like that. There's nothing to be ashamed about in any way, shape, or form. It's been years and years and years um, passed down from generation to generation of shame. And this is what where it's got to stop and just drawing yeah. the line and being like an open, safe space for our children as mm-hmm. well as ourselves to talk about this sort of stuff and explore and be open and not shame. Yeah, I don't think it's ever, your kids are ever too young to talk about this sacred space mm-hmm. and this temple that we have. That's right. I think because the children are children, they're super curious. Yes. And they'll poke and prod at each other, That's you know? Right. So, yes. and, and there's nothing wrong with that, but sometimes that just kind of bellows into other things mm-hmm. and it just kind of. It just kind of it expands and it develops into things that are just totally inappropriate. Yes. And that's where it has to be talked yeah, about. Got to talk about it always in yeah. a very loving, kind manner. Absolutely, hundred yeah. percent. I yeah. love that. That was a good conversation, um, which we'll have to dive way deeper on another. Yeah, we will talk yeah. about that. Yeah, hundred percent. So now you're we were talking about your dad and how about like missing him and right. that you remembered that kind of part yeah okay so when we moved to this house i specifically remember missing my dad because we had such a bond we were we were really really close yes. um i think they tried really hard for me or something but of course uh, i remember in my kitchen i was making peanut butter jelly sandwiches just like my dad would and I took my shirt off just like my dad would because he always walked around with no shirt on. And I remember asking about him, like, where's my oh, dad? yeah, my dad doesn't wear a shirt. I don't wear a shirt. Where's my dad? Aww. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember the response I got from my mother, but probably not the most positive one. <laughs> did you ever, like, did you ever grow up? Just trying to think about like even to call him or like did you just close that I did. Well, what happened was when my grandma, my nana was alive and after this had happened, so we moved to Kelowna and my younger sisters were born. This is fucking crazy. Let's I wanna know this part. I was I was like, wait a minute, there's a few little pieces missing. Yeah. This is really interesting. So my my nana was also like i had an older cousin she was obsessed with the two of us she just loved her children and therefore her children's children and so my mother my grandmother saw the pain that my father was in 
And so she drove up to Canada with my cousin. And she always just, she always had money. Like she always drew, drove. This is your Nana's Yeah, right? my Nana. Okay. She always drove nice vehicles. She always was put together, hair done, all the things. And she came to Canada to visit because she hadn't seen us. And she hadn't met my younger sisters yet. And she brought a TV. She brought Barbie dolls, movies, like VHSs, all these like little goody things. But there's to... a missing piece here. Yeah. Where did your sisters come from? Well. <laughs> <laughs> right? There was, um, oh, gosh, here we go. Okay. This is the raw babes tell <laughs> of TT. From what I understand, my after we moved away, my dad's sister had passed. My dad and his sister were much like me and my dad. Were very there was a bond you just you couldn't deny between a brother and a sister. And when she died, it was catastrophic. She was the light. She was mm. the party. Uh, she was very very loved, but she also lived in addiction, and that is what killed her. Wow. Uh, she died on a boat and, wow. uh, because of the alcohol consumption, loss of judgment, and there was an accident. So my mom flew from Canada to my dad, obviously without me, because she doesn't want anybody to steal me. Um, and she goes, Brie has a small re little reunion, comes back. She's pregnant with twins. <laughs> So mama and papa had a little reunite. That's the story. That's the story. Because they've never met their, they've never met my dad. And, um, okay. Yeah. So, okay. Mm -hmm. So going back to the Kelowna, grandma comes to visit. Seeing your dad's two, un, two kids that he hasn't met. That's right. Um, and she had an agenda. And the agenda was she was going to kidnap me. And how do I know this? Because she fucking told me. Nana. <laughs> when did she tell you? We were just, I think we're just on the way to the store. We're just spending some time together. We're doing some shopping. When? When I was four. I guess it was four and a half, five. But when did she tell you she was going to steal you? Yeah, when we were driving, we were shopping. Okay. And she just said, don't worry about it. I'm going to take you with me. Don't tell your mom. I was like, what? Fuck that. <laughs> I barely know this woman. Oh I can barely God, remember her. Titi. Yeah, and she'd planned a kidnapping. But she just had such a big mouth. She told me. So I went straight home and I told my mom. And my mom fucking lost it. And there was a huge fight. Fucking things got thrown out on the street. My cousin was like, she's about 10 years older than me. She was devastated. She didn't know what was going on. She had no idea. All of a sudden, they pick up their shit and they leave, and I never seen them again. And so my mom, you know, gave that, she created that space so I didn't ever get to see my family on that side. But when it came time to me being old enough, her and I were always just really butt heads, and I never really resonated a lot with how I was raised and my mom and I did not have a very good connection. Um, so I would often ask about my dad and she would put him down. You know, she was very angry and she never talked very positive about him. And she told me, she's like, 
you go start going, you start talking to him, you're going to have to go see him and you may not come back. So you do whatever you want. Right. And it was such a guilt trip. Right. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I guess I won't talk to him. Okay. Cause I don't even know what I want. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like 14. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So eventually when I got to my twenties, I just had this deep, deep calling to get a hold of him. And the cool thing is when I got a hold of him, he was a year sober. Mm. So dope. The alignment. Yeah, everything is, happens for a reason. It does. You yeah. weren't meant to know him with his sickness. No, no, I wasn't. No. And yeah, we've been we've been tight ever since, which is beautiful because I don't have a relationship with my mother. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I was gonna ask, like, going back from your childhood into like your teens, mm-hmm. what does that look like? Can you paint everybody a picture of kind of like mm. what you were and went through and well, I, you know, want. I feel like, no, I don't mind. This is stuff I really had to work through, especially when we did landmark all those years ago, this mm. stuff came to the surface. Like I had no choice but to deal with it. Yeah. Um, I always felt like my mom didn't like me and she always liked my sisters more Mm -hmm. my sisters were like the baby usually when you have your last child you know it's your last child there's just a different level of connection that's had so I wasn't sure if it was resentment that she was sitting with or I didn't know what it was I just felt like a black sheep Mm -hmm. all the time and it was difficult because I didn't have another parent to rely on. So school was always very challenging. Um, I, we moved a lot, like a lot because my mom was a single mother. She didn't have the funds or anything to support. No, she didn't. So Mm -hmm. we moved a lot. We were always running from rent. Okay. I went to nine elementary schools. Wow. So I had to really learn how to adapt and quite often, you know, as a child, you don't make friends as fast. No. Kids are a little bit different. They're just kind of like, I like you, I don't like you. Yeah. And you it's know? clicky. They're, they're used to their own. Children are very clicky. Yeah. <laughs> um, I went with all those elementary schools. Yeah. Children can be very clicky. But there are some like, you know, little lights that just accept the new kid. Mm-hmm. And, um. And I think maybe that's why, like, so I ended up staying in the same high school and I noticed Westview, good old Westview. And I'd noticed that I was always befriending the misfits. (laughs) There's the word. Yeah. I'd always befriend people that just kind of were falling to the wayside because my heart would really go to them because I know I knew what that loneliness felt like that Mm -hmm. rejection. I understood what that felt like. So I resonated a lot with it. Mm Uh, but there was always reasons why I was like, why these people were misfits. And unfortunately I had to, I had to stand up to a lot of my friends because people always wanted to beat them up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So my mom taught me how to fight. How did that, how did that happen? How did that come about? I think I described the situation that I was in and I didn't know how to handle it. And my mom came from like a, uh, a background of anger and she used to fight a lot. Okay. And it was more just like making up for a lack of something. Right. Okay. Um, so her advice to me was, you know, if someone fucks around, you call them out 
and I guarantee you they will not meet you. And I'm like, I'm going to try that because like there's some shit that's going on at school and I never felt good sitting there watching my friends getting picked on. Mm -hmm. So I challenged that and it worked. And all of a sudden that was just kind of my MO. Like I was just like, I challenged anybody who fucked around, like who, who messed with my friends. Nobody would mess with me. No one did, you know, but it was, it was also very scary going into high school because I didn't have any siblings. I didn't know anybody Mm -hmm. and I was so scared someone was going to, you know, pick on me or hurt me or whatever. Cause I was already feeling so vulnerable. So, you know what, you know, it's like a shark smelling blood, a lion smelling blood. Yeah. Right. When you were younger, how did that start? Like with, um, learning how to like be angry at others or like to stand up for yourself through anger. What, you know what? I have no idea. Like I remember when we first time moved to Kelowna, I went to this elementary school and I was probably in grade two, maybe grade three. I think I was in a split class and I witnessed this little boy bullying a kid younger than him. And I remember sitting there and going, what the fuck is wrong with you? The kid can't obviously defend himself. Why are you picking on him? You know that you were that young one time. Were you able to defend yourself? Why would you pick on someone else? And I'll never forget that feeling that it riddled through my body and I just wanted to protect. Mm. And so it really started at a young age, like really young. So I don't know. It's it, it's just kind of part of my makeup. Like I don't And then as you were like getting older, would would there be situations of anger with your mom? Like would you guys Oh yeah. ever be angry at I hated together? her. <laughs> oh, like with each other, but what about like as a together like would she encourage you to... Yeah, she encouraged me to fight. At what age? Uh, probably starting in high school, just because okay. of the altercations I okay. was fighting myself in. Okay. Yeah. So I was already kind of grown. I always had like a, a, an athletic, you know, body type. So I probably would have done really well in like MMA or something like that. Yeah. But we didn't have the funds. Mm-hmm. We didn't have the money. So it was just all street fighting. So Tiffany was your tough, tough bitch (laughs) that if you had a problem, Tiffany would solve it. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I just, nobody, I just never had a problem with anybody and anybody that was like a bully or a tough bitch or whatever, just never wanted to get on my bad side. I actually, they all befriended me over time. I can imagine. Yeah. I took nine. I took, it's like, and I'll take Tiffany on my yeah. team. Wow. Yeah. I just didn't, I like, I, I learned to not be afraid of confrontation. Yeah. But I've learned how to alter that confrontation into more something way more diplomatic mm-hmm. instead of just ending something with fists and anger yeah. Yeah. And, and violence, you know, like there's just, it's, it stems from hurt. Which oh we yeah. Yeah. Oh, Man, for sure. That's a lot of pain. A lot deep of pain. Down. And it was, it was after high school. I'm like, I can't fight anymore. Like I'm now merging into being an adult. I'm going to get a lot of fucking trouble. I'm going to oh, go to jail. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it was just like, it, it wasn't, there was no, nothing healthy about it. But if I, I would have loved to, you know, experience the ring and just fighting for purpose yeah. rather than for yeah. survival. Yeah. A sense of survival. And yeah. protection. And protection, like, yeah. 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 Stand up for yourself where you probably couldn't stand up for yourself in other ways. So it's like. Yeah. 
So learning over the years, really developing my mind. But that didn't come till later. Hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. So I would like to go in, because obviously you sharing your experiences and all that you've been through is only going to help others. So anybody that's watching and listening to Tiffany's story... I love this. That's crazy. It's so cool. Was it 4-3? Yeah. Of course it was. I'd like to talk on maybe a little bit more of your struggles through high school and, you know, misfit and, you know, maybe leaning towards different substances and things like that. So, Mm. you know, it's so important to talk about it. It's like, especially when your home life wasn't stable, a stable and open place it's like kind of where you went and steered to for right support or love yeah I guess always looking for that level of acceptance ran really fucking deep and you know that was an experimental age grade eight I really didn't get much get into too much until grade nine Mm -hmm. I was more of a late bloomer than everybody I was more of an observer and yeah, I was kind of afraid because my mom, by that point, like, I think it was when I was in grade three or four, she went sober. When so, you were in grade sorry. three or four. Okay. Yeah. That's, she went completely sober and she's still sober to this day. That's amazing. Yes. That's huge. Huge. And your dad is still too. Yes, he is. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Um. So I lost my train of thought. You were going back to grade eight, grade nine, oh. experimental. Oh, what I was up to. Accepted. Yeah. So because she had such a tight leash on me, anytime I did get out, I would just be like, fucking let's do this. <laughs> like, let's drink what I can, smoke what I can, do what I can before that bitch got to pick me up. Okay. That's how just it was. Re- rebel. Total rebellious. So my controlled. mom would show up at parties looking for me, losing her shit. Everybody's hammered, throwing themselves all over the place. And she'd, she'd go in there, thoughts. grab me, fucking, let's go home. <laughs> I'm like, <"Ugh." laughs> Okay. And this happened, didn't mm-hmm. matter what age? Well, when I started. So okay. probably in the beginning of high school. Because when it came to grade 11, 12, there was just, I made it so, I was so rebellious. Her and I just did not see eye to eye. And I have so much compassion to her at that time because dealing with a teenager at that level of mischievousness and rebel is so fucking stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, when but I did my care. work, I didn't give a fuck. So you I didn't feel respected yeah. and I didn't feel heard. I didn't feel safe or secure. So I had zero boundaries, like okay. zero. And I was very like... Stay the fuck away from me. And I tried so hard to get... I ran away. Okay. I'd move, I moved away when I was really young. Like, I moved when I was, like, 15. Um, but before that, she shipped me out to the States to live with my older sister. Okay. Um, which I missed she, that part. I didn't okay. know that. Yeah. She was pregnant with her fourth. So, my older sister has seven children. Okay. So, she was uh, more, like, really committed to her church they just didn't believe in contraceptives okay. just at that time. Um, so she had, she was pregnant with her fourth and I was going to church a lot. And so how old are you at this point? Oh God, I had to be about like 14 or 15. So were you already starting to like experiment and just do oh, drugs? already had, didn't give a oh, shit. Oh yeah, already had. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when I moved to Spokane, 
that was just a good restart. Now, the beautiful thing is because I was having such a hard time before I moved, I wanted to die. Okay. Like I, I thought about dying multiple times. It was just that space was so painful. And so I talked about suicide. I, I planned it out sometimes and I just could never do it. Right. But when it came to that dire time where I was just like, enough's enough. I don't want to fucking be here anymore. I prayed, I prayed to God and I always grew up doing a prayer every night before bed. Okay. Um, my mom would take us to church every so often, but I really didn't put any substance to it. I just always was conditioned that there was a God. And when you needed help, you'd ask for it. Okay. And I did. And I asked for help. And that's when I got shipped off. That's amazing. That's amazing. But I want to go back. So what, when you were feeling so low and like you wanted to die, like what was going on that you didn't want to be here anymore? Honestly, Kristen, I just, I had no one to talk to. Hmm. I, I couldn't, I couldn't identify really what was going on. Nobody was really talking about stuff like that at that time. Yeah. Um... Again, I feel like it was that level of trying to understand what to do with people in that state. The same way we're trying to understand what to do with people with the devices. And teaching our kids what to really do with them. Because this is all new to us. In those days, nobody really talked about learning different ways. Mm -hmm. And mental illness. Nobody talked about mental illness. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you're just a problem child. That's right. Or here's some fucking Ritalin. Here's some medication. Did you go on any medication? No, I never did. And so your out would have been more escaping and like drugs and drinking. Yeah, absolutely. no... No boundaries. And how about at school? Were you considered a problem at school to the teachers and people? Um, not really. Because I actually held a lot of compassion for the teachers that would reason with me. Mm -hmm. And that would actually like talk to me like a human being. There so was did teachers. You have, did you have some of those at Westview? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I could give the biggest credit to three of my teachers. Let's do One it. is past now. So Mr. Longridge, he was our oh, principal. Amazing. He was just like, he wouldn't even let me deal with any other teacher. He's like, I was his student. So I would often get called to the office just to sit with him. And he had so much compassion for what I was dealing with. Mm -hmm. He had a way better understanding than anybody. Wow. Uh, Mr. Reed him. was the other one. Mm. He's amazing. Mr. Reed was like the light. These are all men. These are men. The and women. think you needed. Yeah. But the women were not as, they weren't that level of kind the way the men were. Mm. It was really interesting. Yeah. So Mr. Reed was just a fucking light. Like, ugh. I can't say enough about that, man. Is Mr. Reed, did you ride his bike? No, Bevins, thinking of different ones. Oh, right. yeah. I know Mr. Reed was, um, yeah, he ended up leaving and I believe his wife passed and he just kind of went on a path of healing and I believe he's remarried now. But, okay. um, so Mr. Reed was special. Mr. Reed was special. Was Mr. Sanderson. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> man, that man is next level. Mr. Sanderson, I love you to this yeah. day. Wow. Yeah, he was amazing he, too. He's next level. And these were like influential times. And when you wow. feel like you're a teenager and you, you can relate to an adult, it just gave me a whole new appreciation. Yeah. So when I would get in trouble, I held no grudges. I'm like, just give me my punishment. I'll deal with the punishment. Thank you. 
And that was it. And I always had a good relationship with the teachers that met me there. Mm -hmm. There were teachers that didn't. Yeah. So there was always conflict there. Were you like rowdy with those types of teachers? No. Were you respectful? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I grew up with a mother to be seen, not heard. Right. Like I was just like always like, yes, please. No, thank you. Super controlled. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, totally. Okay. So now you're shipped off. Now you're at your sister's. She's having her fourth baby. Yeah. You're in Spokane. Yeah. You're now going to church. Yeah. And what's happening? Learning a lot about Christianity. Reading the Bible. Because I'm so rebellious. (laughs) I had a lot of questions. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of questions. And these are questions they did not want to answer for me. Okay. So I threw in the towel. I'm like... I don't need to learn anymore. This just doesn't resonate with me. I loved the community feeling. I loved acting out of uh, the heart space and like doing good deeds and, you know, all things like that. That was like right up my alley. But the level of the hierarchy and the control, I just did not resonate with that at all. So I probably lasted about three months. In Spokane. Yeah, and then I came back home. But what, I came back home a different person. When you were life. there, were you drinking or like doing no, that? No, no. So you're just sober and yeah. going to community. Yeah. Chilling with your sister. Did you feel seen and heard with your sister? No. <laughs> okay. No, it's just good <laughs> truth. No. I mean, we, or she has done the same work as I have done. Uh, she's definitely a couple of years ahead of me, but... We're totally different people now. Like, she didn't know how to deal with me. She dealt with me out of anger in the way that she was raised with our mother. She didn't know what the fuck to do. Mm-hmm. She just knew how to be hard right. and on it. And right. she, her children literally were like, bop, 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 bop. She, her kids did not talk back, like, right. at all. Right. Yeah, and okay. if you did, there was consequences. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, three months now, what happens? What happens to Miss Tiff? Go back home. Go back to Mama? Yeah, yeah. No? Well, I did. I didn't really have anywhere else to live. Um, went back home, new person, kind of looked at things differently. Um, back to Westview? Yeah, back to Westview. Um, so Dave lived down the road from me. And for a long time, we would just see each other because I was never allowed to leave my house and he'd always just pop by and we'd have cigarettes. Okay, so you... <laughs> we always <laughs> just smoke. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so when I came back home, um, I reunited with Dave, like, our friendship. That's a whole nother story, but um, he introduced me to his friend, and I started dating his friend, and his friend was just a few years older, okay. and so uh, he was my scapegoat. The friend? Yeah. Sorry. So no, my new boyfriend. Okay. He was my new boyfriend. Because my ho- my ho- going back to my home, living with my mom, just the same shit. Just toxic. Toxic. Just the same shit. Like, we just con- constantly butt heads. So like, you guys just couldn't get along. Couldn't get along. So I moved out 16. I was out. Okay. Yeah. Now you're with this guy. Yeah. Now I'm with And what are you guy. doing with this guy? Meth. Doing a lot of meth. Didn't know what it was. I had no idea. I was just used to, like, mushrooms, maybe a little acid. Drinking, Some drinking, smoking weed, smoking weed, cigarettes. Yep, that's it. And then all of a sudden, this boom, tin foil, cook that shit up. Let's go. How I'm do you like, feel? What does it feel like? Speed. 
It's fucking speed. Shit. Yeah. So what do you do? You feel like if you're fast or you're like fast, you want to like clean or like yeah, talk. Yeah, and I was a very creative person. Hmm. So you are a creative I would, person. I would I would draw and I would be, get so caught in my drawings and creating. The unfortunate part when you're in speed, you you start projects and you just don't finish them. That's just okay. That's what how it works. And the feeling, the high, the initial high, it's like much like heroin, you get that initial high. I have never tried heroin. Yeah, well, if you that. hear about the way, it, what, it, what it's like, you know. Have you tried heroin? No, I never did. Thank God. <laughs> You're like, no. <laughs> no. But still. But this was the era where I really started getting into like the hard chemical drugs. Okay. So I do cocaine, E, Fucking yeah, E started to be a big thing. Big thing. Huge. Yeah. It's like, did you get into like the rave scene or? A little bit. Dance? More like at like seven in the morning we would go. <laughs> You'd go to the rave at seven. Yeah. That's when it would start. Uh, no, that's when I would start and everybody's been raving out for hours and hours and hours and everybody's high as fuck and it's just like, it's just the most sad scene ever. It's not, when I hear about raves now, I hear more like... There's a, there's a lot of sobriety that's happening in it. So people are just going in to really experience the, the sound, and the, the, sound and the music. Yeah, and dancing and expressing yourself that way. Crazy. Yeah, it just was not like that. So, like, how long did this go on for? You're with this older dude. He's introduced meth. You hear this story all the time. Yeah. All the fucking time. These little lost, needing acceptance, needing love. Yep. And now you're doing that. How long does this last for? Uh, less than a year and a half. And this is what I've noticed about myself over the course of years and the level of addiction that's in my linear, my family. Um, I never stayed in it for too long. Hmm. So this one, um, I just started seeing the effects it was having with everything around me. So I was failing grade 12. Um, I had a saying, don't do meth at school. Don't stay up for more than three days. That was it. Those were my... Those were your was, rules? Those were my rules. Wow. It's fucked. When did this... How old were you when you did meth for the first time? Uh, grade 12. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So before that, did it was a lot. Just, okay. So almost, you're... Almost you're, the whole year. After school, you would go home and do it? Oh, yeah. So you're with this guy. Yeah. You go home from school and you're doing it. Yeah. Are you looking like... Do you have like... you know? Nobody they, knew. Nobody knew. And actually with my body type, when I don't eat, I gain weight. So I really wasn't losing weight. I did it to lose weight. That was my biggest excuse because I was so insecure with my body. Yeah. I wanted to lose weight. And so I'd smoke that shit and just hope for the best. Wow, TT. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I almost failed grade 12. And the almost is because of Mr. Longridge. He knew something wasn't right. All I did, so I took fucking social studies three times my last time from the same teacher. I'm not going to even give energy to that name. But my last time I took socials, he failed me by half a percent. And he wouldn't give it to me. Just would not. There was zero compassion. Not really understanding social what I was going through. Studies. Fucking social studies. Okay. So I could not graduate until I had that. So I, I, Mr. Longridge gave me a booklet socials, not realizing what level of, um, of a learning disability I actually was dealing with. Yeah. Cause nobody really dealt with that either. Yes. So I literally gave this book to my best friend 
and she did it for me. <laughs> and, and then for the grace of God, I graduated. I didn't get to right. walk, no. but uh, I Why? did get a school. Because at that time when they were doing cap, cap and gown, I was not graduating. Oh. So it wasn't until like the next year. But when I looked at my diploma, Mr. Longridge put it as 99 when I was supposed to graduate. So it was like, mm. I know, what a sweetheart. So sweet. Yeah. Did you go to your grad stuff? Yeah, I fucking helped oh, plan the, my this grad is the reunion situation. Yeah, wow. yeah, and it, it like the more I talk about our grad reunion, the more I see how many people don't do their reunions, and I kind of I, I don't know. I admit, I think it has a lot to do with. You're <laughs> almost like I uh, know because like say it. people that come to the grad reunions were the ones that felt like they weren't connected. They felt like misfits themselves. So it's interesting because it just seems like those who were not, who did not have compassion for their class are the ones that don't show up. So it's really interesting. Sorry for listening, <laughs> calling you out, but that's the truth. Mm-hmm. It's the hard truth because the last reunion we had, I had to call every single person myself and find out why they weren't coming. And it was always because of how they were treated in high school. So I had to coach everybody, basically. I felt like I had to coach everybody just to, like, let it go. Just show up. Just show up. And Did I, people show up? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they did. They felt seen and heard from you. Yeah, I guess so. I love that you Made a panel. We made a panel of, like, there was, I wasn't the only one. There was, oh, yes. there was about six of us. And we just, I made it so that we could, like, work together and unify and just, I think more heads are better than one when it comes mm-hmm. to creating things. I agree. Right? Yeah. You've so, always been good at that. Yeah. So it was beautiful. No yeah. A lot of people came. And because of that grad reunion, we're going to start hosting them every five years. Nice. So we got one coming up next year. Wow. Yeah. Good job, TT. Thank you. Hey, like, you know, sharing the story is crazy. Nobody would have known that. Oh. Oh, two, two, two. Two, 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 guys. <laughs> you can't see it on there, Mr. Dar. So, okay. So let's go back. So now you're gone through the whole meth thing what got you the fuck out of that and off of that like i have a feeling it was my team and my spirit team yeah and my higher self because i didn't know who talks to me like that it was just that innate knowing of like this is not for me like i am not meant for this this is like look at these people they're high as fuck and they're not doing shit with their lives and look what i where i'm at I'm on a downward spiral. Mm-hmm. These were like realizations came to me like this. Yeah. And I was like, I'm out. I can't do it anymore. So I was on the com- I was on the phone with my mom and I still talk to my mom. Right. But at that point. Yeah. Yeah. She'd pick me up on the way to school, dropping my sisters off. She'd pick me up and drive me. Okay. Um, but I talked to her every so often and I just told her I'm done. Does she know that you should, she know you were doing math? Um, I don't remember. Probably not. To that extent. Yeah, probably not. But she never did like the boyfriend. So he was away in Kelowna. And I told her, when he gets back, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. And she's like, why don't I just come get you now? I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's yeah, go. Good, good. Yeah, so she came, she picked me up, packed my shit, fucking left. Wow. Yeah. Did you tell him? Fuck no. You just left? I just left. Did he wonder what happened to you? Oh, God, yeah. He showed up at my door multiple times. Okay. Being like, come back yeah. to the meth lab yeah. where you belong. <laughs> Not 
Wow. Wow. Then what happens? Then, you know. Are we working at Yeah. No, not yet. No. Then. um, What are you doing now at school? So basically. I've graduated now. Like I'm not going to school anymore. Okay. But when you were going to school, did you do anything else? Did you do any extra extracurriculum or just more like friends, party, 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 party central, party central. Okay. Yeah. I drew a lot. Yes. So I was, I was an, am an artist, but I just, I did, I spent a lot of time on my pieces. So magical. Yeah. Beautiful pieces. And, um, yeah. So when I moved back home, my mother and I, again, buttheads Mm -hmm. again, it didn't matter what age I was at. It was Mm -hmm. just always something. Um, so where we lived, cause I lived down the road, I lived down the road from very, uh, influential people in my life right now. Uh, Dave is one of them who's now my husband. We've been together for 24 years now. Yeah. Uh, and then my best friend who I didn't know at the time was going to be my best friend was Jackie. Yeah. So she lived a few doors down. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. There was a few other people. Um, but I'd go and I'd babysit Jackie's daughters because they were twins. They are twins. <laughs> You're like, they're they older. were. They're older now. Um, yeah, and so she was a widow and single mom, dealing with twins. She just, her heart broke when she had to, like, discipline them. So when I would babysit, I would discipline them. Oh, my God. <laughs> she loved it. She thought it was fucking great. Yeah. Um... So Jackie and I developed a relationship over time and I'd share with her with what was going on and stuff. And she told me, she's like, Tiff, you ever need a place to stay, you, mm. you fucking stay with me. And I'm like, okay. So one day I had to take her up on it, pack my shit. There I was at Jackie's now. Okay. Yeah. So I stayed with her for a period of time. I didn't know, I not was not taught anything. Like I didn't. I wasn't taught like moral grounds, integrity, you know, show up. People are depending on you. Like I had, I had a job and it was just like, worked at Bagel Street Cafe and I'd steal bagels because I was just like, I can just. Didn't matter. They were mine. They're mine. They're not fucking yours. They're mine. (laughs) Yeah. I stole a lot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's just lived a very dishonest life. Wow. I would never, I never stole from Jackie. Yeah. She, I had nothing but respect for her. But uh, over time, you know, she's like, hey, Tiff, it's time to spread your wings and like go. Move along. Move along. And I respected that. I didn't, um, I didn't even challenge that. And I moved back home with my mom. Okay. What do you think happened? Same. It's like the universe is like the door is closed. It's closed. Yeah. Don't do it. So I had to move out again. It's just that you see this repeated. This cycle. This cycle, right? And... I had to move out and Dave was my now partner. Him and I decided okay, so guys, to be partners. Okay. When I moved into Jackie's place or like when I left my boyfriend, Dave and I decided that we were going to be partners. And so you guys were living separately, but dating. Yeah. And you graduated by this time. Yeah. 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 So when it was time to move out again, we decided to move out together and we moved into Auntie Sue's place. <laughs> you can't make this shit up, Delkis. <laughs> Who's Auntie Sue? Kristen's Auntie Sue. Come on. Yep. Hanging out with Kristen's cousin. And Jen Kristen. and Trav. Yep. My Auntie Sue. Yep. You're living in the basement suite? Yep. That's the first place you move out to? Yep. 
Yep. In that basement suite. There's where Isn't the that contract, wild? That, that's where the contract starts. Yeah. Yeah. Jen and I ended up having a falling out. Um, naturally, we don't know how to have a, a proper friendship when all we're doing is partying and you up know, to shenanigans and, and all the things. And, all, like, and at that time, though, Tiff, like, when I think back, like, how I kind of entered in and witnessed a lot of things... For me, I'm this young girl growing up and like that era, it was like partying, stealing, just drinking, yeah. get ready yeah, and just go out. That's what I, what I observed is just seeing. That's what we did. And that's, yeah, that's all that was being done. Yeah. And like, you know, Isn't thinking of, well, in thinking of like <laughs> even Dave and Travis and like them living the fast life and like. Dave worked at Roosters. Exactly. For a, a while. And it was all about how the appearance and the muscles yeah. and the strength and the music and the freaking bass and the cars. It yeah. was so, so brutal. Like yeah. it was just, and ugh, like, I just remember that aggression lots of aggression yes yes it was very interesting times yeah and it's like you can see how there's mirrors all around oh yeah and and everybody's pain how it mirrors and you know stuff with my cousin and like her upbringing and and her dad stuff like you just you can see the mirrors everywhere yeah of how you know even my cousin like there's just there's trauma there and like there's, there's just so much and it just gets mirrored. And then we bring in friends and everybody's kind of, yeah, everybody's kind of operating the same vibration, but you know, nobody really talked about the the hard shit. No, it was just like, yeah, shit happened. Move on. Yeah. And it's like, no, we're, we're actually doing these things living in these addictions because of the trauma. That's right. So we're not even bringing attention to the right things. No. And then blaming others or, or pointing fingers. Like we always say, look at the amount of fingers pointing back at you. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of blame. I resented my mother for years. The toxic mind control I put myself under for so long. And it's the same cycle my mom and her family lived in for so many years. So there was no breaking that. Until we went to Landmark. Yep. And Chris and I did Landmark together. And I went to Landmark to fix my marriage. (laughs) Like, I thought we were so broken as as a marriage. But what it was is two people that had shit that they never dealt with. On their own. On their own. Mm -hmm. So I ended up dealing with all my mother issues. Yeah. The mother line. Yeah. Wow. So that cycle broke for me. Like that. Wow. And I re I hadn't been I hadn't at that time I hadn't talked to my mom for three years. I was the longest stint because we were always on and off. Mm-hmm. And then when it my, even my none of my sisters were talking to her either. Like it was just fucking brutal. Yeah. So when I let that shit go, I just saw her for who she was with the compassion and the love. Okay. And just decided I wanted to have if I was going to have any type of relationship to set those boundaries and just make sure we don't cross them. Yeah. And, and we just, did. We did yeah. that for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And so eventually the sisters came in and yeah. rebonded with her and yeah. Wow. I know. Crazy. It's such a wild fucking ride. It really is. When you look back, life yeah. is way better understood backwards. It is. Yeah. Okay, so now Start so now you've done you've moved into Auntie Sue's, you're with Dave, you're what are you doing now? What are you doing at this point? Oh yeah. 
Yeah, I was uh, I was working at um, Petrocan for a good couple of years. Okay, and which then, one was that? Oh, all over, all of them. <laughs> I worked at all of them. Yeah, I, I just bounced that. around. Okay. Did um, they just do that on purpose? Like pass you? Yeah, off they own they own different ones. Okay. So like, if they needed help or anything, but eventually I got caught stealing. I was just going to ask. <laughs> I, I had something come in to say, well, that was only for so yeah, long. Yeah, yeah. Because that's perfect store to be in to steal what you need. Yeah. Just take what Cigarettes, I need. and all the things. Whatever. Okay, so you get caught stealing. Yeah. Um, I think it was more, not more or less stealing, just like acting out of uh, integrity for the job. So I wasn't taking my job seriously. Yeah. Even though I was stealing. Um. But Dave's sister was managing the blockbuster in Maple Ridge. I needed a job. Dave put in a good word for me. Started working at Blockbuster. So I did that for about four years. With you and your khakis. Yeah, my khakis. Love it. Yeah, it's funny because working in Blockbuster and Petrocan, you see everybody that lives in Maple Ridge. Oh, for sure. Everybody. 100%. Yeah. So you and Dave are still living at Sue's basement at this point? Yes. Okay. And what else is going on? Nothing. Just just the same thing. Just two little assholes treating each other like shit. Yeah. Dave and I, because we were best friends, we still had altercations in that way. Yeah. Not as two lovers. So we didn't we didn't treat each other with the most respect. Okay. Okay. We we tre- we still treat each other like fucking siblings. Like mm-hmm. like we did for a number of years before we decided to be together. Yeah. Yeah, so it was it was a, a, a it was a certain level of abuse that was going on. Yeah, by both of us. Yeah, and yeah, it was living at Sue's where she was like, "Get your fucking shit together." I was like, "I'm so happy she said that because that's when I was like, hey, no more. Like, we cool. cannot do this anymore." Like, she was like annoyed. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Just like your guys is the way that you would treat oh, each other. Oh yeah, yelling, cursing, okay. swearing. Just like nobody wants to hear that shit. Yeah. You know, just kids just being fucking immature kids. Yeah. Yeah. So then what happens? When do you guys move from Seuss? We, um, we decided to move out of there and we wanted to get out of Maple Ridge. So we moved to Coquitlam with two of Dave's best friends. So we got a house. Okay. And all we did was just work. We work and ate lots of food. Yeah. Watched a lot of movies. Yeah. Not a lot of partying going on. I mean, they were still partying, but yeah. not at that not calibre. Um, when it came time to being of age, that changed everything. Because we moved out when I was 18. Okay. And then, you know, merging into 19, even though we were still going to the bars. But my girlfriend and I took it to a different level. And we were kind of out at the bars, like, three, four days a week. Like, just drinking yes, and partying. Just and just the same shit. Same. Like, I just can't believe how long I did that for. Like, yeah. it's so fucking crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. But it is what it is. I know. It's all part of it. Yes. So what are yeah. you doing at this point now? When did you take a turn to do your aesthetics? Um, When I... I kind of was like giving myself that grace of time after graduation just to kind of like party and just do nothing. And it just got to a point where I was like hitting 20, 21. And I'm like, I better figure my shit out. 
I better go to school for something, set myself up for down the road. So I took a uh, beauty school, which was like, I did that because it was more familiar to me. My aunt, my mom's, my mom was a nail tech hairdresser and my aunt was a beautician. Mm -hmm. My other aunt was a beautician. Um, I knew a lot about makeup. I don't know. I just, it was just comfortable for me. And okay. so, yeah. So you went from uh, the gas stations to Blockbuster, from Blockbuster to Blanche McDonald. So that's okay. I just want to yeah. make sure I'm on the road, on the path. On the pathway to peace. So then TT goes to Blanche McDonald. She does it. You excel at it. You do wonderful. Yeah. Then after that, what are you doing? You get a job. Um, yes, I got a job at Absolute Spa in Hotel Vancouver. Yes. Yes. I used to fucking sky train down there. Every morning. Yeah. I'd get up at six in the morning, walk my ass to the sky train, fucking go to work, come home around seven. I did that for like a good solid year. And then I got pregnant with Cohen. So are you guys living on 222 yet? Yeah. yeah. And the fact that we had 222 for that? Yeah. So yeah, Tiffany and Dave are at 222. We haven't done Landmark yet at this point? No. So Tiffany and I are still intertwined in another out of each other's lives because um, who I was with before was also friends with Dave in and out. Yeah, they kind of grew up together yeah, too. Yeah, in and, and out. And so I remember uh, many times Tiffany would do my roots. Remember I'd come yeah, over? Yeah, you're blonde. My blonde. <laughs> and, I forgot um, about that. Yeah, I'd come over and then you had, you. I think you had gotten pregnant, but even maybe before you were pregnant... I just remember me, Paul, you, Dave, Stefan, Stephanie. Yeah. We would go out, went to like nightclubs or different things like that. We, we had a lot of fun. We did have we a lot of fun. We did have a lot of fun. And it was funny because you and Steph were just so sweet. Like to me, like, like you just held a big space in my heart, the two of you. You guys were so fucking cute. Um, even though I was like the third guy. Oh, but, but just so I, much, we have so much love for you. Like it was just, I, it was not never, even a you know, you two, my mom always raised me with that saying, two's a company, three's oh, a crowd. I always heard that too. I never felt that way with you guys. No. Ever, 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 ever. Like it was just always fucking fun. It was fun. Yeah. You know what I remember right now that's so vivid. Um, first of all, I just remember you coming into Motman Motfus. We were downstairs. We were actually going out somewhere with, I think even my parents, because we often, my parents would come along. And I remember my white blonde hair was so big and it's like not flat iron. It's like frizzy. And I just remember Tiffany coming up to me, like getting the oils from her hands and just being like running it through being like, girl, like we got to do something with this hair. And I'm just like, Blonde, fucking. Well, you were like a little blonde. sister to me. Oh, I feel 100%. like that was the that was the energy that we were kind of operating at. They were just always cause like anything to do to like protect you. I think and like a hundred percent. So I remember now back again. I don't know why we're at Mont Mont Montfus. Keep going. Okay. And Tiffany, I think you're pregnant at this point, and we're going to do a Halloween something. We're going to a Halloween party, and Tiffany's bu a bubble. You've got oh, the balloons all over you. I was Are you a, pregnant with Cohen? Oh. I must have been because yes. I think I was driving. Yeah, like yeah. you weren't drinking. No. 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 So where were we, we ended going up, for that? We ended up going to Coquitlam. Yeah, where were we going? Some random it a, party. It was a Halloween party. Yeah, it was a random party and the police ended up coming to break it up before we could even like go in. And 
I believe we must have gone somewhere else because like nothing was gonna stop us from having yeah. a good time. Yeah. Like we were just a force I remember to be reckoned with. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. Um. What else is there? And another part, like, to, you guys have both Dave and you. It's always been that like brothers and sisters and like the protectors because there was a time that Dave really stepped in big time yeah. with me. I was tr- mistreated and yeah. called a very disrespectful name from the ex. And Dave was just like, that's not okay. Yeah. Like that was a really big moment, pivotal moment in my life mm. um, for somebody taking a stand for me, mm. which was really good and mm-hmm. very special mm-hmm. because um, yeah, he was just like, no, like that's not okay. You don't talk to people that way. And yeah. I always remembered that you guys have always been, even for others, just a very safe space for people to go. Uh, like I yeah. slept on your couch. Yeah. Like there's been many times that I've had a lot of people sleeping on, on yeah, our couches. hundred <laughs> percent. So back to, um, you're pregnant now you're pregnant with Cohen and you're doing Blanche McDonald. You're doing your thing. Yes. I have to really pee. Do you? Yeah. Okay. So can I go pee? <laughs> I really have to go pee. <laughs> go, girl. I, don't, I know. I'm so into. I'm so into your story. Like, oh. oh my god! I hope you guys are enjoying this. We're already at an hour and twenty minutes. She's still talking. Is if? <laughs> yeah. If I talk about Cohen, you know, in our marriage. Well, we weren't even married yet at that time because of my crazy relationship cycles. I couldn't commit and David asked me to marry him numerous times and I said no every time. But there was just this thing in me and it's like, okay, for the level of fighting that we would do just because of how immature we were, I thought if we... If we would just, if we could have a child and see how that goes, maybe we could do marriage. And that's basically how that happened. So when Cohen was a year old, we decided to get married. And yeah, fuck, Cohen was just my, my new purpose. He was the biggest reason why I just kind of, straight on a different path, a little bit more mellow, a little bit more conservative, a little more chill. Just say after having yes. Cohen, just being a little bit more Things mellow. changed. Things changed. Mellow. Yeah. yeah. I was just, because we'd done so much partying, I just, I don't know, I was just over it. Yes. And especially done. being able to be for nine months and you're caring for another and you're not drinking or anything. You're just so clear and level-headed. Yeah. Definitely. You probably were like, wow, this yeah. is a new me. Yeah. So good. Okay, so you have Cohen, and you're off from work. Are you back working? What happens? Well, I decided not to go back to work. Okay. And because with the career I decided to choose from, which I did on purpose because I knew I could work from home having children. Yes. Just like my mother did. Okay. My mom was a nail tech. So I decided to work from home, and I did that for a period of time until it was time to get the fuck out of the house. Yes. And that's when I came to Brits. Do you see? Do you see? This is where Kristen had already done hairdressing and she started in working at a hair salon on in Maple Ridge. On 224th. Yep. Right from fucking hair school. On, right into yeah, it. Yeah, right, right into, into it. Mandy was like, yep. Yep. It was perfect. 
And because you and I had a connection, I decided just to kind of ask you, see what was going on, and I went and checked it out. And then before you knew it, I was moving in, and you were moving out. <laughs> kind of. Weren't you, weren't you in, you were in there for a bit before I moved out. Yes. We worked together but for a bit. A very short period of time. Yes. I think you were like, I don't think you'd started your plan yet. No. Your exit yet, but... It was kind of happening. Yeah, it was kind of happening. Yeah. Another story. Another... Yeah. That'll be for a... Okay, so now you're working there. You're doing your thing. Yeah. When... When did this big shift life change start to happen? When was that? When was Landmark? Landmark... You guys were at the other home. Yeah. Because I was going through a really hard time and having a lot of troubles, but I was going through counseling and this positive stuff. But Pretty the sure I had Charlie already, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. So you... Okay. So I would say Landmark happened around 2015, 2014. Okay. That's when that one happened because I started... 2015 sounds probably... Yeah, it sounds about right. That was a pretty pivotal year. It really was. I, I always remember going, oh, 2015. Fuck this. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so you yeah. you guys decide to go to Landmark due to relationship stuff. You're yeah. thinking like, I'm checking out. Yeah. And the, you know what kept us going in our marriage and like our relationship with each other was just the history that we had. We had so much history. And I never liked, I'd, I always wanted just to be consistent in some sort of relationship. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I was just willing to do kind of anything to make sure that I said I, I did everything, you know, at that time. So that one, that was a, that was the pivotal moment because right. nobody, nobody taught us how to think like that. Nobody, I had no idea. Fucking. We were rocked. And it's shit that we teach now. So all of our listeners, you know, everybody that follows us are already so like miles ahead of where Kristen and I were when we did Landmark. Like we literally did this. Nobody fucking talked about this shit. Nobody talked about spirituality. People that were spiritual hit under rocks and had their own thing going on. They didn't share yeah. in the level that we were sharing. Yeah. And that those who did were like Tony Robbins. I don't even think Gabby Bernstein was out yet. No. You know, like yeah. Nelson Mandela. Yeah, Nelson Mandela. You know, these were people that were like Oprah Winfrey. Yes. These were people that were like sharing their yes. tragedies. Yes. And they were the examples that we were kind of living off of. But yet it seems so far-fetched because they were celebrities. Yeah. And I was little old me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that may be true for them, but it's not true for me. Yeah. Right? It, I can't do that. Yeah. That can't be me. Right. So you're in Landmark. Tiffany and I do Landmark together. Um, who I was with at the time did it too. Of course, Dave. And it was just like, wow. Everything we learned that we basically chose and created and did. And it's like, I remember the guy saying to me, he's like, why did you choose a playboy to be your boyfriend? I'm like, uh. what? <laughs> I'm like, no, I didn't. I'm like, okay, I would choose this. He's like, you did. And then I had to sit with that. That was the most uncomfortable thing ever. I'm like, oh. I fucking did. 
Yeah. I knew. It's time to take responsibility. Yes. Radical responsibility. Radical responsibility. That's what happened to us in three days. Oh my God. And it's like, we, like I had been seeing Lisa at this point already. Okay. And I had been seeing her doing this, but then it was like, this was that carpet rip moment for us. Okay. Yeah. It was Where we were just like, everything is now (gasps) gone. What, what is What we thought we knew was nothing. Just. And we thought we were the bomb diggity and we thought we had shit somewhat figured out but if for those who are listening what is landmark it's transformative thinking yeah it's taking res- radical responsibility for your life our lives because we're the ones that our- you know we're the ones that put ourselves there and we got we're the ones that can take ourselves out like we can recreate these stories you're your biggest problem and you're also your greatest solution. <laughs> right? That is it. It starts with you and it ends with you. Yeah. And there's nobody else to fucking blame. And who are you going to do? What are you going to do to really take the responsibility? Ugh. Just take today, one step at a time. So true. So, um, landmark happens. What happens in your relationship? Like you were going in there being like, uh, yeah, this is, this is not good. Well, I always, I was a finger pointer. Okay. Right? Like, that's how I was raised. I didn't... Do you know how hard it was for me to apologize? Like, I did not say sorry for anything for years. Wow. Until Landmark. Huge. So I I never used those words before. Okay. My mom never owned shit. Like, she owned things, like, in sobriety in that way, but I never heard it coming from her to me. Mm -hmm. Like... There was never those conversations. Mm-hmm. She shared those moments maybe in a crowd of people, you know, taking re- radical responsibility in front of people, but there was like behind closed doors. So I just never really... There was a lot of hurt. Yeah. A lot of wounding. Yes. Yes. And it was just like from ancestors and just and what about childhood it, trauma shit. And what about Landmark? So you forgave her at that point? Oh God, yeah. Cool. It's funny because I'm like, I want to deal with my marriage. And then my mom kept coming up and it was just like, it broke me. And it's just, I was that stallion into a little pony. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, honestly. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. You can't unsee that shit. And I mean, you can for a little while, but as you know. Keep distracting or denying. You can, but that's it. But it was a good door open. Good. It was a really good door open and yeah. And then did you see Dave in a different light? I think I saw myself in a different light. Okay. So it started with me. Like, I mean, the, the advice I give now is you can't change anybody. No. It starts with you. Yeah. So the way, when I started working on myself, I saw things differently. So yeah, I did see Dave differently in a different light, but that was just the beginning of our chapter. That's it. We were just in the beginning. Yeah. So then what happens? Um, well, after Charlie, so I realized I was extremely depressed. Okay. Really depressed. And I knew I was sugar addicted. Okay. And I was emotionally unstable. Okay. And at this point, let's just go back for one second. You haven't had workouts in, involved in your life at all. Nothing to do with working out. No, but I would I would join the um, like any school sports I could. But it wasn't until like until we had to pay money, I had to quit. Like I I play until we had to pay right. money and then I But throughout your life? No, I didn't. Even after Cohen, even after Charlie. 
Yeah. No, we're, I just wanted to let well, the I viewers think Landmark listen. actually happened after that because I started working out. I, I went into CrossFit after my bikini competition. That's when I met my girl, new friend, and she was the one that introduced me to Landmark. Okay. So you were already on your fitness journey then. Yes. Because also you would, we, I came to you with the Zizia. And that's what that's got right. the landmark. Yeah. Okay, so you were okay. The reason why I wanted to touch on this is because okay. oh, I love this. The most pivotal moment for you was you go, going through the depression, the anxiety, troubles, troubles in the marriage, trouble, all these things, right? Yeah. You needed to make a radical change. Yeah. So where was that change where you're like, I'm not happy. I need something. And where did that fitness door open? That's where okay, I Okay, so that's right. So going back a little bit before Landmark, um, it was understanding that I was depressed. Okay. So um, I knew that something had to change. I was really hard to be around with. I was extremely negative, angry, tired. Uh, I couldn't stay out of the pantry. Like I'm going, I'm going for things that are not, it's just like empty calories. Right. I hate my body. I hate the way I feel. Okay. I remember being in the pantry crying, just wanting to stop eating. Okay. Like it was brutal. Um, my older sister, uh, started working with isogenics and she knew I, she knew where I was at. She knew I needed it. Um, but I wasn't used to investing in myself yet. Because I grew up poor, mm-hmm. uh, I never saw that, you know, like I was enough or that it was even possible. Or it was that always you were like worthy to even have. A yeah, just the struggle of like not having money. Okay. Everything I don't have money for that. I can't mm. afford it. And see how that affirmation is so detrimental. I didn't. Be- I thought the whole affirmation thing was a fucking crock Hopes. of shit. Wow. But I lived it. Yeah. And I, I passed through it, succumbed it. It was just like... That's why I'm wanting you to share all of these mm-hmm. lows so okay. people can understand. Legit. You didn't believe in any of that. No, I didn't even and believe you, in myself. Exactly. So, yeah. asogenics happens. Where does the fitness start? Well, I... In? Okay, so I'm putting dense nutrition in my body at this point. So, I'd never had shakes before. I'd never had supplements before. Now, Dave's been going to the gym since I've ever met him. Yeah. He's always been doing that. And yeah. You know, I've always so grateful that he always accepted me for who I was and never like pushed because I was always like, I don't need to go to the gym. Fucking that's for you kind of people. Right. I never imagined myself. Yeah. Now it was a competition. How long could I not go to the gym? Yeah. You know, it's like you're going to rebel. Yeah. Here's the rebel. I'm so rebellious. Um, yeah. So once I started putting that nutrition in my body, that's when I started seeing things so clear. It was that high. I was talking about that fog got lifted off my shoulders. Mm-hmm. I could finally see clear. It was fucked. And so I started losing weight naturally when you put dense nutrition mm-hmm. in your body. Because I came in again with isogenics. Yeah. Or, sis, Lynn, or Sandy did. And then you had no, Zija. No. no. Oh. I got isogenics and joined from you. Oh, you did. I'm pretty sure. And then got probably. Yes. Yeah. So awesome. Probably. Yeah. Um, so I was still rebellious to the gym, but what ended up happening is that I ended up having so much energy. I just didn't know what to do with it. So I had to start doing, I had to start exercising because I just had to, I had to like release. Okay. That's all. That's the only reason why I did it. Wow. Yeah. You went to fitness? Yeah. 
Yeah. I just all of a sudden got an image. I just remember you going to fitness. Yeah. Went to fitness. Um, Yeah. So that's how that started. And being in fitness, going there every day, enjoying my new routine, seeing the benefits. Like I was really... you time. Yeah. Away from being a mom. And I don't even think I had really like... Maybe my body shape changed a bit. I always had like a natural athletic body. Yeah. Um... So I don't think I was like as small as I could have been if I was going to change there to change my body. Okay. But I was surrounded by people who did uh, bodybuilding shows. Okay. I had this like this drive, this call to like compete. Cool. I wanted to see what I could do. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to like test myself, challenge myself. So I the only thing that was like influencing me right now at that point was bodybuilding. Okay. So I kind of put it in the ethers that I wanted to do my first bodybuilding. I had a girlfriend that was a bodybuilder trainer. Uh, I used to do her nails and her makeup and stuff. And she said she wanted to start training people. Cool. Would you be part of my like guinea pig group? And it was like me and two other girls. Cool. And so we would work out together. We followed her meal plan. She got a stage ready. I lost all this weight. I remember everybody was people thought I was on steroids they're like what the fuck but it's just like your my body type yes like I build muscle fast but I gain fat fast but I can fucking rock it I really get tight um so we made it got to the stage I was really humbled because I thought I was gonna win it all (laughs) that's okay well, the transformation that I had. You won it all. I, wa- I wanted it all. But, but you I, won it all. I did want it, win it all, but I wanted to be seen as that I won it all. Got it. And I really didn't resonate so much with um, how pretty you had to look to be on stage in order to win. It just, I did it just for the sake of following through with my plan, but I just didn't resonate with it. Mm-hmm. So... Um, there was a girl that I met that was on my same line on stage uh, with somebody that I possibly put in the hospital from fighting all those years ago. Oh, wow. Um, But we kind of reunited, and obviously I apologize for everything. Good. I love that. Yes. Forgiveness. Oh, yeah. But we ended up talking and she's like hey I was like how the fuck did you get so fit like what are you doing and she's like I'm just doing CrossFit I'm like what the fuck is CrossFit (laughs) cool she's like why don't you just come to my gym come for a day it's free and the main reason why I wanted to do that is because my prep for bodybuilding almost ended my marriage yes okay you're going squirrely it's a very independent sport yes Dave, you know, is very connected with me. He wanted to do things together. He didn't fully understand what it was I had to go through Mm -hmm. in order to get to that stage. Um, So I thought it'd be cool to do CrossFit because that's something we could do together. Okay. I love that. Yeah. And then the rest of that was history. (laughs) But yeah. That's so so cool. CrossFit just became my new passion because I wanted to compete. Well... Six months later, I was competing in CrossFit. Killing it. In six months? World yeah, it wasn't like bad. Canada. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It did pretty good. It was pretty natural for me. So cool. Yeah, so cool. I just had to like 
hone in on my form, my practice, have a little bit more of a lung capacity, even yeah. though it actually was pretty high. I mean, I remember racing a bunch of guys, like we were running and I was beating everybody. Like CrossFit is insane. Yes. Like your workouts. <laughs> oh my God. Insane, <laughs> Tiffany. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. That sport probably changed my life and my perspective because I was always looking, I was so social looking for a common interest of people, like mm -hmm. being part of a common interest yeah. and CrossFit was it because you go into a gym, especially this gym, uh, everybody was just like, Hey, family, vibes. family acceptance. Yeah. Community. Yeah. Working together, high five and, you know, lifting each other up. It was so my vibe. And I was like, I fucking, I, I was so addicted to that part and not to mention obviously getting fucking strong as fuck. Yeah. Like, Undeniably, best, best that is your life. That is the best way to get strong, as strong as like as I did. Wow. For my body type or for anybody, I just feel like that's the best way. Yeah. Now, just for the sake of talking about CrossFit, the main thing that people think of right away when you say CrossFit is injury. Mm. But I have to say, with the right coaching mm -hmm. and implementing the right modalities with that practice, you'll be fine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Did that for, competed for seven years. That's CrossFit. amazing. Learned a lot. Yes. Learned a lot. I had really good coaches. Yeah. Really good coaches. And just put it all into your practice today. Yeah. Like you can understand why you had to go through all that. I still oh. do CrossFit. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't even call it fucking CrossFit because what is it? this modality has been going on way before CrossFit was CrossFit. Mm -hmm. Elite athletes, football players, yeah. soccer players, they're, they're doing clean and jerks, you know, like they're doing uh, functional movements, bringing the heart rate up, bring it down. What I like down. about what you do though, is the fact that you can get a workout in. Like I remember I had not even 45 minutes, but I was done. Yeah. That's all you need when you're hitting the right, when you know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. You're like, Hey, we'll get you there fast. Done and done. You could do a like 30 minute workout. Not even like 15 yes, minutes. I know. You really you get can really maximize your time. You really can. But I don't always suggest that. Yes, you can get fit and do that by having 15, 20 minute workouts. But that's a, that's a lot of hard work that you're putting in and your muscles shorten. You've got to regain that flexibility and mobility because yeah. that's what gets you injured. Okay. What brings you now from there to today? What's the most life-changing thing that brought you from CrossFit to today? How did you transform? So we know Landmark transformed you. We know the piece of working out transformed you. What bridges that gap now from Tiffany even two years ago? Oh, from two years ago? Well, just from there till now. Well, I mean, the biggest take back that, uh, that, tr that transformation of like just being on my own and not being in a gym. Um, let me just see. Call you back. My daughter's texting me. Okay. Um, it's, it's a long episode. This is a really long episode, it's, Kristen. Holy shit. It's good. I'm hungry. I'm hungry too. <laughs> but we got to, we got to finish top this. it with the freaking, just like you said, what did you say to me? Uh, don't slow down before the finish line. Yeah. We're going to freaking bang this daddy out. You got it. 
Um, okay, so there was just a couple things that happened um, that really broke my heart. And I, I want to write a book about this. Um, you already are going to, and there's going to be... It's, it's already done. It's happening. 100%. Um, this really rocked me. Um, I don't want to give too much energy to like individuals that were part of this, but I always kind of put everybody on the same platform. You know, I always will love and respect everybody, but to allow every single one of those people to have the same level of my heart, um, I found that's kind of like something that I really had to learn. Yes. So I didn't realize, so, okay, here, going back, I've never dealt with the level of drama as an adult that I did it in high school. And I think the reason why I got away with that is because I would work with my fists and nobody would fuck around. Okay. You're not going to jail uh, under 18, but as an adult, people will definitely challenge you. Mm -hmm. And I just felt unprepared for um, being just kind of bullied. I would say, um, even though like, I'm not anybody, you, I'm not a person to bully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's just, it's just not like, I'll put you in your spot. I've learned so and much not now, in a physical way. not in about, a physical way. No. And also no nope. boundaries. You would just 100%. allow that in. But in this, at this period of time, I didn't fully understand how to step in my power here. I did physically, but mentally, even though we did landmark, that was just a taste of like, the 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 muscle the the mental capacity and how to deal with um, and it goes casualties. to show us if you don't use it you lose it so here Tiffany and I do a great thing of landmark but if you don't consistently do the work like and we, we didn't now, no we didn't we did landmark and went, we thought that was gonna fix yeah. everything and we just stopped yeah and I went in and out of counseling of course which yeah. was huge but still we didn't involve ourselves with any community or anything to do that supported that, that level of work. Yeah. So I was, we were kind of, I was part of a competitive team within our gym. It was just a bunch of people who just kind of wanted to compete, you know? So we would just, we had that in common and I had never dealt with, um, jealous women in the way that I had here, which really caught me off guard because nobody really did that to me in high school. And then having children, I didn't really experience that either because I knew who I knew and people knew who I was. I don't know. It just, I never had those issues. And I, I might beg to differ because I feel like when you would walk in a room anywhere you've gone from my experience, from my perspective, you've always been very outspoken and looked very confident. And even in the way that you would dress and how you look, you're beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I think you just didn't realize that was some of these people's issues and then no just yeah it would just downplay and then people would push you away and you wouldn't understand yeah oh 100 percent. i think that's more to that than yeah. than yeah. you even knew yeah but yeah i didn't i didn't because i didn't view myself that way mm-hmm. so i never looked outside the box yeah but what was the reality was is i was dealing with some really jealous females okay that had been under the radar of their cruel intentions for a good year before I had caught wind of it. Okay. And, um, the first time that I felt that happen, I, I approached it. I confronted it, confronted them, dealt with it. It was over. Like, just like what dudes would do. Yeah. Just like water under the bridge, like move on, like 
fucking, it was just a misunderstanding, mm-hmm. not a big deal. But then it happened the second time and it was just, it was a little bit more, it was a lot more fierce. And so now, because that was my safe place, it was no longer my safe place. Got it. So I felt abandoned. I felt, um, can you help me with some words? Like I felt like alone, abandoned, probably, um, rejected, rejected. It just really intensified all my childhood issues. Everything. Right. Cause I just, I didn't put attention to people's negative shit cause I had my own shit going on. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a jealous person. No, I'm really not. Like I've always just encouraged other women, you know, if you look beautiful, I'll tell you, you look beautiful. If you fucking did something wicked, mm-hmm. I'll tell you, you did something. And wicked. that's true. Tiffany has always, always, and you've celebrated beauty in women. Always. Well, I was a makeup artist. Mm-hmm. I was a fucking beautician for mm-hmm. a, a career. I made women beautiful. Yes. As, and feel for, beautiful. And feel beautiful is a passion. And when I would get the opposite, and of course this would happen because these people don't know me outside the gym. They They don't even know who the fuck I am. Mm -hmm. Had they known who I was, they never would have taken it to that level. Mm -hmm. You're especially with your intentions. Yeah. And I I was, it literally was a carpet rip for me. And I was so taken back that this was happening um, because it started affecting my space being at the gym. Yeah. It was getting really toxic. And that was my, that was my place just to like, for me time, get out get out of my house being mom, mm-hmm. you know, getting stuck to my day-to-day chores. Like I didn't, I didn't party. I didn't do anything. Like at that time I really wasn't even drinking and mm-hmm. just, I didn't do anything. Yeah. I just trained and went home and was a mom. Yeah. So, but what these people didn't understand what, what I was up against. And because one day, uh, I was having a hard time at home mm-hmm. and I didn't say hi to somebody. Mm-hmm. They took it so offensively that that's, that was like, the fucking curveball to it all. It just turned into this, oh my God, it manifested into something fierce for them. Mm-hmm. So once I found out what was really going on, I left. Okay. I left that gym. And um, let's just say, people, you can't run away from your problems. Because I went to another gym and they followed me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was fierce. Yeah. And then when I didn't feel supported there... I left and I'm like, I can't trust the daughter. Um, yeah, I, I just couldn't trust anybody anymore. I was just kind of like, you know what? This is my time to go within. I kind of depended on working on working out as a group for a long time. Right. And I really wanted to train people. I really, with all the knowledge that I had gained through competing and the level of work that I had done, mm-hmm. I knew because it changed my life, I wanted to be that conduit for others. Yeah. So I did not want to deal with the, the um, politics of it, going to another gym, paying their fees, not getting the full, like what I fully deserve, mm-hmm. having all these certificates. Because at that time, you needed all these certificates mm-hmm. to even qualify to do anything. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck this. I'm just going to fucking do my own thing. So went home. I bought myself a barbell, a few weights, started training with that. Eventually, started building my gym. Now I got this, like, badass gym. Yeah. And, yeah, took me a long time to learn how to work out by myself. I bet. Have that motivation. 
just to fucking do it, just to do it. But I do feel like it really helps creating that space that inspires you to do something like that. Right. And it's like, you look back and you're like, well, that had to happen. Those things had to go down for me to push, to have my own gym. Yeah. To then bring your own practice and help others. And with my level of insecurity of not being enough, not good enough, that transition of me coaching took a long time. Yeah. Took a really long time. And then, you know, during that um, period of time, I joined Beachbody because I loved the community. I loved it. I think it's a, there's a common denominator here. Isn't community. there? Community. Yeah. I love just like-minded individuals, yeah. people that are just truly have your higher good in play. Like they're just, they just want the best for you. Mm-hmm. Things that are working for you, you know, why not share that with everybody else? So I lacked community for a long time. I was yearning for it, but that was time for me to go within. Mm -hmm. And I had, I'd been dealing with some struggles. And then that's when you and I had reunited, you know, a few years back, fucking went to the creek. Yeah. And uh, I was caught back into another fucking cycle dealing with fucking drama, shit and energy that has nothing to do with me. And I called Kristen and I'm like, fuck man, like this is my situation. Like I I got another carpet ripped from underneath me. I don't know what to do. Like this is not, this is not my path. Like I was so uncomfortable. I didn't know what to do with my feelings. I didn't know how to handle them. She's like, here's my counselor's number, Lisa fucking call her. So that's when I just started all my healing, like a different level of healing. Oh yeah. This was, this was, that was the insane Love shift it. that was the insane that was shift. the biggest shift towards like the greater purpose and like all the things and the right and like getting you fucking the universe your team is like no 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 not shift even and like did it for a period of time like when i went within uh even though i was training at the second gym i was still looking for that that bond yeah and but i also because of what i learned um this this calling to share it so I came up with like the podcast idea. I'm like, That's how it. do I share really what, what I want to share? So I needed a space. So I, it took me two years to step out of my comfort zone. That's when I started posting more and getting on social media more That's right. just to get more comfortable because right. I was so fucking insecure. Yes. And so I started my first podcast by myself and it was called uh, Tiff Says. And it was just like philosophy shit. Yeah. Just like. Things that we learned just in practice. Yeah, it was just practice. And it didn't it didn't feel like the thing. Yeah. So then I'm like, okay, it was just it was a lot of work. It's a lot of work having a podcast. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. But it's not. It's it's once you Only get if it. you fucking know it. Once, well, once you once you it's like baby <sighs> steps. It is. And then once you're consistent and like finding a routine in it. I have to say it does really help having a partner. Mm-hmm. So I, I knew in so I kind of like retired that podcast and I knew a podcast was still in my calling and I had like this premonition that I was going to have a partner. Mm-hmm. And so I met this gal and I started my second podcast with her. We had started with like the, the foundation of what we were going to do just before we launched my feelings. Your I was like, intuition. this isn't it. You this knew. isn't it. I'm like, like this shit. is not the person. This I'm is... like, shit. But I had, I wanted to, I didn't listen to my intuition yet. 
and I didn't follow it. So I left my integrity on the table and I just went ahead with it. Yeah. And unfortunately, bridges got crossed, fire burn. <laughs> yeah. There's always time. For, there's always red flag after red for, flag, yeah. you know, and didn't listen. There's always mending. Always. Can always. Mend. Yeah. yeah. Right. And my innate knowing was like, no, this isn't it. Stop while you're ahead. And I didn't listen. So the just, it's okay. The breakup was like, it was really shitty. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I saw you and then, you know, you're so like outgoing and just so fucking like, you know, you stand in your power and you share it. Oh, what you, you share is like fucking, this is the goods guys, the good <laughs> golden nugget. I only no know one. the best of the best is Kristen, right? And fucking, <laughs> that's just how it started. So the concept was we wanted to start a podcast with a panel of women. I had some experience with podcasting. Yeah. Tiffany had wanted this idea. a whole panel. She's like, whoever <laughs> wants to come. She started her um, messenger and it was like, so at this time, Tiffany's talking with Lisa She's changing her ways in the sense of how you used to deal with things. Yeah. That was a big, a big one. Big one. And then Tiffany decides to put this out. And then I'm like, yeah, for sure. I'm like, I'm down. Why not? I'm, of course, scared and don't know what the hell I'm going to be doing. But you're a perfect person. It goes with, like, like who you are sharing. It just went hand in hand. It really did. And it was <laughs> fucked up because not that long before... In 2019, after I left the relationship and then I had a wicked, like the whole medical medium thing came, came in, Stevie had a wicked um, reading with her and she pulls the card and it says speaker. But I didn't think anything of it because then after we start the podcast mm-hmm. and I didn't think, I didn't, I didn't pair that. Right. So Tiffany then comes and she says to the group, <laughs> all these women are saying like, yeah, we're down, whatever. And only you, me, and the other, sh- the three of us showed up. Yeah. And that was it. And then we're kind of like, well, let's just keep it at this. I don't really want to make it with a whole bunch of other people trying to figure this out. No. It's and the it fact just, that we were the only ones that showed up. That was it. That was it. That was just what it and was. And you girls were like, fuck these guys. Nobody <laughs> else coming on here. We're going to do this. Yeah. And yeah. So, and then even that evolved over time. Dude, it was just crazy. Like, even the spiritual aspect of that. That is not what our intentions were going in. No. But you were practicing so much in that area that you're such a sharer. It just, it was just natural for you. You just, you wanted to talk about it. That's what the podcast was about, was about speaking our truth and what's really holding close to our heart. And and you did it. And the biggest thing for us too was like, I love about Tiffany so fucking much is she's so truthful. You just, she, as you've seen on our episodes and our podcasts, like, dude, if you're going to smell your armpit, if you're going to fucking talk about <laughs> getting a, a surgery on your labia, like you're so dope. And like you share the things that people might not share due to caring what other people say or think yeah. about them. And you just say it and it makes other people be able to show up for themselves and be seen. Cause they're like, Oh, well you just said it. So what does that matter? It's beautiful. It's, it's interesting. You no, you're right. And because I worked on that so hard because I, I worked on that insecurity cause I was always so worried about the judgment. Yeah. I was so worried about what other people would think. And it didn't help with people who that I was surrounding myself with that I thought were the 
right people in the right, right community, but it wasn't. They were so judgmental. Yeah. So it was but just, I was themselves. so, yeah, but I didn't know that. Exactly. I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't want to film myself training because I was worried that someone was going to make fun of me. It's fucked. Yeah. So, um, I had to work really fucking hard on that inner critic and really just throw it out the window, even though I still had tendencies of, of just speaking that level of truth, but speaking it so that everybody could hear. Well, yeah. that was, that was different. That was the next level. And the cool thing is you always still did it. And I honor you. And also I'm even saying this about myself because it's like, if I would ask you a question or if we would do something, you were very authentic and honest. You'd be like, no, I actually didn't. I didn't do that. Like you would never, you wouldn't say it for an audience. You mm -hmm. would say it as in the truth. And right. that's what people are after. And that's hence why we're called raw babes is because it's just raw and we're real fucking women that are living a life and we're trying to do the best that we can with what we have. That's right. And share that and That's hope right. that it touches others and helps even a little piece of them. So and good if, for you. Yeah. And I think that it's just, um, there's not even a level of trying anymore. It's just, it comes so authentic. And I think that's probably the most attractive thing because we're literally living, speaking in our, as much truth as we can. Yeah. Uh, and you guys are witnessing all the work that we've been doing for the last two in a bit years. Mm -hmm. um, of the real intense. It's yeah. Even been, well, yeah, with Raw Babes, it's been two in a bit years. Yeah. yeah. But it's like all the work before that to get to this point. So, um, okay. <clears throat> Who has made the most influence in your life? Hmm. I, I will say my Auntie Lee. Okay. Um, she's passed now, but growing up, she was, she was the beautician, but she was like, she had, she was tall. She had black curly hair. She always curled it. Mm -hmm. She was always like put together and she was the fucking party. She'd walk in this like roaring laughter, which was so cont contagious. She always made everybody feel so special when she mm -hmm. talked to them. She always like, you know, if there was a crowd of people and someone was talking to her, she had them by the hand and looking them in the eye because nobody else mattered. Yeah. That's similar to you though, I must say. And I, I got that from her Yeah, because I knew how that made me feel. And if mm -hmm. someone is, if people, you know, that have never had that, when they get that, it's like this emo emotional surge yeah. of like being loved and yeah. appreciated and supported. Some people also can't handle it. Some people can't handle it. They feel it. uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. But that's beautiful. Yeah. Who is the one person that you admire the most alive or dead? Oh, I know it's kind of a similar question, but it's that's well, influential as your aunt. Yeah. And they admire. Well, I mean, I really admire you, Kristen. You are like, you're huge. We, I know I don't cry. Stop it. <laughs> I'm like, I, it's true. I mean, you're, you're a you. fucking light and I love how far you've come with everything. Like, I don't want to get too emotional about this. Cause you and I have cried mm -hmm. recently I about that image. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think of you often when I'm like, okay, what would Kristen do? And I actually have another girlfriend that I think like that too. And I think that with Dave, it's like when I'm in a situation, 
what would what would Tara do? What would Dave do? What would Kristen do? Mm. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. But the cool part is that you've helped create that space where I don't have to ask anymore. I just ask. I just go within now. Yes, you do. I just ask my higher self. Like, yes. I sometimes needed that guidance. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe the, I didn't really realize maybe that was me talking to your higher power, your subconscious. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't really wow. think of it like that. Well, thank you. Aww. I feel honored to say that. Honest. I'm just like, I was not expecting that. It's like dead or alive. I'm still, I'm still alive. I think so. Okay. And um, sorry, sorry. No, I had it and then my eyes just went. They went. No, not my eyes didn't do that. What books have changed your life the most? Oh, right when I thought I'd read a book that changed my life, I read another one and I'm like, Jesus, Murphy. Yes. Um, right now what I'm reading is, is changing my whole like direction and practice. Okay. Just adding to my repertoire. Okay. Uh, it's about breath work. Okay. I can tell you exactly what it is. We can add it into the notes. Yeah, we'll add it into the notes. Uh, oh, Just Breathe by Dan Brule, and it's forwarded by Tony Robbins. Ooh, okay. Uh, mastering Breath Work for Success in Life, Love, Business, and Beyond. Really good. Um, I've been, I mean, I've been really fascinated with the work that we've been doing. Yes. So I've been adding... And, um, so meditation was one of them. And then I always kind of felt a little bit insecure creating my own meditations because I have a tendency to have these mental blocks Mm -hmm. and then I'll start stuttering. I'm way better now, but fucking when we were first starting, it was just like, it was really hard for me. Uh, and like doing like Instagram lives, it just like, so hard. But learning what I've learned between like the Silva method, uh, the six step method to meditation, and then the breathing workshop and course that I'm taking right now, this is going to be a huge turning point in my career and my life. I agree. Yeah. So let's just go so quickly to bridge the gap. You're not with Beachbody anymore. No. That has ended. Yeah. Podcast has been super consistent. Yeah. Circles have been consistent this community, your spirituality, you're working out super consistent. Yeah. Where can people find you? What are you doing right now at this time? Okay. So, um, what are you offering? What am I not offering? Exactly. Um, I still have a couple not nail clients. <laughs> Interesting. And I do it because I love the connection. Yes. I love, I just love human connection. Um, but I'm also, I train one-on-one. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm spread a little bit thin right now, so I'm not really taking new clients. Not at this moment, but in a few weeks I will be. Okay. Um, I am teaching classes at Oxygen and Mission. Okay. Um, I, I just have this calling of doing like classes, like like larger groups. Yes. I've been saying this for a little while. I manifested that shit and boom, yeah. there it started happening. Yeah. So there hope has been so gracious and she's asked me to bring my practice into her studio. So we're doing functional training, 
uh, mind-body connection, breathing, and stretching mobility. Also, I just have to say, like, how old <laughs> the woman's in her 50s that was Yeah. There. This yeah. woman was like, I've seen the spark in her eye when she was in the class because she was literally like, finally, <laughs> a fucking place for me to go that has what I'm looking for. Yeah. Because Tiffany is basically, like, personal training you, this woman knows what she's doing already, but she's adding in a difference. It's a different type of energy, a different type of class. We're doing it together. It's hands-on. It's like personal training. Yeah. It's heavier weights. You guys need to come and experience this. You know, even just with your client that you have with it, you're working with and yeah. the program, it's, it's so much more because Tiffany is offering the spiritual aspect, the mind, body, soul, as mm -hmm. well as the external shell with the nutrition. So it's a full package. It's like you know, you can go and get your workout and then you can get healed with a meditation and sound and energy healing. It's a hundred percent. You can't even put a dollar on what you're offering to this world. I just have to say, thank you. You're welcome. Well, the, I mean, I do offer cause I do have lots of things that I offer. Like, uh, I'm a Reiki practitioner master. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we got our circles, we got there's just, there's a lot there. And because there's so many modalities there, not everybody's makeup is the same. Like everybody's little recipe book is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. So just taking in, pulling in what would resonate with my clients is that's the direction I will go. It's yeah. not a, it's not a one size fit all. It's not a cookie cutter program. No, I don't do cookie cutter programs no. whatsoever. No. It's a very individualized. I put a lot of time, a lot of effort into it. And to be honest, the only, like I'm really just calling in clients that have a little bit of a foundation built already. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, I'll work with people that have never worked out before, but I would like that level of grit and commitment. Yeah. Um, I also love to work with children. Yeah. I love training children because children, when they want to be in the gym, that's all they want to do is just be in the gym. They just want to learn. That's right. They'll fucking do anything. Yeah. So... I love working with children and I've always loved the idea with working with sports teams and athletes and mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. It's really cool how you've really brought in the spiritual aspect into your practice. Well, yeah, it's, it's a mind it's body it. thing. It's it. There's so, there's such a, you can't deny it. There's a, there's a major connection there. Mm -hmm. Um, we're, I can't even say enough. I, I feel like it's such a broad conversation. It's, it is kind of, nice to kind of break it up and talk about it. And then mm -hmm. using your own discernment, putting together what you think would go together, what yeah. you would resonate with. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Okay. If you had the attention of the world for five minutes, what would you say? Oh yeah. Yeah. Daddy. Big daddy in the house. You can take I, a minute to think about this. Well, one. I think that we all have a specific practice to bring to the table. I think it's, uh, if you can set aside all blockages, what would that be? Um, I think it's really important to deal with the things that are holding you back and just bring a little bit of awareness with it. It doesn't have to be this fucking full dissection or anything, but just to bring awareness around it. Mm -hmm. Um, because we, it's just in us. We all have something to bring to the table. I see it as a village. Like you got your cobbler, you got your fucking 
you know, your blanket maker, your fucking egg cracker. <laughs> Don't bring those guns. <laughs> it's so funny that that has to oh, fuck. It's good. It is. And that's where I see the beauty of it. So I really like to use fitness as a really good foundation to kind of crack that egg, crack it open. Don't eat it. Just step on it. <laughs> but just crack it open a little bit so you can have a little bit of sense of self-worth and what's possible. Maybe shed a little light, a little perspective, especially coming from you know a coach like at the level that I work at and that you work at, bringing that perspective we're listening to our intuition. I didn't listen to my intuition for so many years. Yeah. I actually rebelled against it because I'm like, who the fuck are you? Who the yeah. fuck are you to tell me? <laughs> um, so now it's like, no, let's, let's weed the weeds, clear the weeds and, um, let's get more in touch and more of a better relationship with that intuition. Beautiful. So thank you for answering my other question. Cause it was like, what's your favorite quote? Well, you already said it. And the next thing is how can listeners support you in your work? Thank you. Share that shit. Share the work. Fucking don't, don't worry about what other people think. If you think it's working for you, it's going to work for someone else. Mm -hmm. Share our accounts, go through our, our links and our bios. It shows exactly what we're all about. Um, I mean, our main accounts, I'm going to speak for you too, are on Instagram. I do have a, a website. It's just a little bit outdated. I haven't been keeping up with it because I just have zero patience for learning new technology unless someone just kind of literally walks me through it. Um, but you can find me online, Instagram, Facebook. You can message me personally through there. Um, I mean, we're on YouTube, we're on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, you can't not find us. You can't not search raw babes and want to find us. But even you personally, your yeah, uh, your Instagram, and also you can find Tiffany at Oxygen taking yeah, see what she's all about at a couple of her classes. They're phenomenal. Yeah, if Next you go level. to the link, the link uh, Beacons link in my bio in Instagram, you'll see all the different things that I'm really offering. I only have it in three sections, but if you can just be a little bit open-minded on how broad that actually looks. Mm -hmm. Um, because there is definitely, it's not, everything is for everyone, but if you're looking for some physical healing, getting more in touch with your body and your physical and mental awareness, um, I'm definitely your girl for sure. And last question, what can people expect from you next, Miss Tiffany? <sighs> Well, I'm taking courses right now. So the breathwork course is going to be a fucking game changer. I'm very fascinated with uh, philosophy and how the brain works. So hypnotherapy is next on the list. Yeah. Um, I did just read and learn about yawning. Oh. And how good it is for us. Yes. And how we have this... Um, this like old way of believing that it's someone bored, no, that's so uninterested dumb. or anything like that. Yawning is moving energy. Yeah, it is. It's really good for you. So, um, don't be ashamed. No, I am not. <laughs> I am fucking just proud to yawn, girl. Yeah. So there's those courses are coming into uh, my teachings. That'll be very very soon. You can probably expect me expect to see me on Instagram live 
coming up teaching uh, new breathing techniques. Um, just as I go along my course, I'm just going to share as I go along. I love it. Um, and then I would love just to write a book. I would love to start writing again mm -hmm. at that level. Um, but I'm, I'm just gotta spread. One at a time. Yeah. One thing at a time. Even one paragraph, even if it's just a couple of words. I know. Right. I, I guess, but I just, again, it's like the commitment and time. Like my kids are just at that that verge of like kind of spreading their wings. Mm -hmm. We still got a couple of years left, mm -hmm. but I'm Doesn't mean to stop. It. No, you you're right. This. And I certainly will. And I I'm working will. into transitioning these new habits into my life because I'm kind of like go big or go home. Yeah. I really am. We're here for such a short blip as Tiffany would say. Mm -hmm. So what are we doing in every moment of our life and each day is one step closer to our goals and, yeah. and what we truly like to do in our desires. So exactly, there's no limit. It's the Same only limit is the one we fucking put it. Um, so let's pull a card. I'm going to pull Kristen, I cannot believe how long this episode I is. What it. the fuck? It is so good. It's two, hours, two hours and 15 minutes. Girl, you're... Jesus. Come on. Life is... <laughs> Awesome. This is the beautiful thing is this is forever. It's wow. never going to go anywhere. And you know, like having this as a memoir and it's like, you know, a, a, a book, it's just on video, yeah. you know, it's dope. It's the it's coolest thing. So I'm actually going to pull one card for Tiffany from this beautiful deck that anything that her team would like to share with her at this time to please utilize this card deck and allow it to come through. What is Tiffany's message right now for Miss Tay Tay? I love that it's on air too. Oh, yeah. You're so cute. There Boom. she be. There's two, two daddies. Two daddies. Okay. Oh, okay. <clears throat> we have Goddess of the Earth. Ooh. An idea connected to imagination creativity and nature is coming your way <laughs> angel of abundance a steady flow of abundance is about to manifest yeah, girl obviously obviously look at this badass Bad angels ass. and we got the blue an idea connected to imagination creativity nature's oh it's so in the next coming it's coming weeks. Date could be days. This is interesting. Weeks. It's coming in, dude. I already know what this is. Okay, <laughs> so let me just read it because I, anybody that's listening and stayed right to the end, there's a message within uh, this for you as well. It's so beautiful, goddess of earth. Uh, Fifty five. The energy of Gaia, the spiritual goddess of the earth is strong within you at present. She reflects the fertile ground of your imagination and the infinite power of creativity that you possess. This is a good time to use your imagination and express yourself creatively. Keep an open heart and mind. You will receive an idea over the coming days or weeks that will lead you to an abundant and fulfilling way of life. This idea is somehow connected to imagination, creativity, and nature. Over the coming days, it would be beneficial to relax, spend some time in nature, and absorb her healing and fertile energies. Gaia will help to ground you and keep you balanced. In the near future, she will also inspire you to devise ingenious ways to market your idea. Damn. Angel of abundance. Love it. 
The angel of abundance has shown up in your reading today to bestow a special blessing upon you. Accept this blessing of light and allow it to flow within your heart and mind. Allow it to both illuminate you and inspire. A steady flow of abundance is about to manifest in your life because of your willingness in the recent months to give and receive in equal measure. True abundance manifests when we love and value ourselves as much as we love and value those that are dear to us. Keep an open heart and mind and continue to give and receive freely. Accept all the abundance the universe is offering you in the clear knowledge that you deserve. Damn. Wow. And what a beautiful message. So when you ask me what's to come and then you pull this fucking card, I didn't share one thing. Well, what do you want to share? <laughs> it's interesting. I'm, I'm putting it out in the ethers now because this has been something that's been on my mind for a while. Okay. Um, so I have like where I live, I, I have like these trails, like forest trails and I love to take my dogs and I go quite often and what I do is I just take my dogs off the leash and cause they're not really runners. I got my great Dane. She's like over 10 years old. Which is Jackie's. Yeah. Jackie's dog. And then my staffy, she is six, but she's a staffy like, like Pitbull cross terrier. They don't have, you know, they're just, they don't, they can't run as fast as I can. So I just let them off leash and I call it intuitive running. Okay. So what I was going to do and tell me if you guys are interested, cause I just, I'm just putting this idea. Oh, okay. I, well, yeah. Cause I'm just having enough courage to fucking do it now. Cause it's just been on my mind for a while. And it's just a program called uh, run with me. Mm. And it is. It's a run that can last from like 20 minutes to an hour, just depending on like where we go. But it's running with the dogs. So the dogs run and then they stop and they sniff. And that's a time to do lunges, stretching and mobility. Cool. But you're literally, you're running at such a pace. I just took my last client. Um, I told him, I was like, okay, get ready. We're going to go run the dogs. He's like, oh no, I can't run. I, I cannot run my ankle, my knee, oh, wow. all the things. And I'm like, no, it's not what you think. We're it's not that. actually a run. It's like a... It's like a, a, like a light jog, but I, what I would be doing is teaching you how to run. Uh, you just be following exercises as we go along. That's so cool. It's just a really good way to in get nature. out in nature and not spend so much time, you know, doing an exercise and feeling like you have to do that. And then the option would be to go back to my gym and just do a workout. I love that. Yeah. Simple. It's a simple program. I haven't figured out what the cost is going to be, but it's not going to be, yeah, it's, great. it's not your typical drop in gym membership. It's yeah. not like, you know, 15 or $20. I was like, we're thinking like $5, <laughs> like yeah. just something five or 10 bucks. Yeah. Just a, just a good exchange. But that's a lot. That's you're learning that, a lot. Way more than just you're learning a lot being in nature. Yeah. As well. And it would be kind of, um, it wouldn't be set days. So what I was going to do is just set up, you know, uh, like a membership group cool. chat. Cool. And that's where you're going to learn when the runs are going to be and what to expect. That. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Dope. Nice job, TT. Yeah. Thank you. Thank KK. you for opening your heart and sharing. Thank you. All of this. For creating the space wow. for me. Wow. Such good shit. I can't fucking believe this. So good.
I just checked the time. She just ran two hours, 22 minutes. Can't make that shit up. Oh my God. We all love the numbers guys. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you, KK. And, um, we're done. We're going to go eat. I'm starving. starving. (laughs) Bye. What's up guys? On to another week. And um, here we are. Here we are moving forward. And all I can think is what is about to be accomplished in this new year? I mean, not that I know exactly what's going to be accomplished, but what, what are my intentions setting forward? And it seems like this common thing that people are coming up with is this self-care and really focusing on um, gaining more perspective, having a deeper relationship with our higher self, um, really wanting to let go of old cords and contracts that just literally do not serve you. Um, dealing with old energy, setting new boundaries, um, bringing out this childlike energy, trying new things, seeing it as new beginnings for yourself. Um, and what we've noticed is a lot of people are more excited to step into this transformation, but I understand if there's a little bit of fear and I feel like that's completely normal when you're stepping into something completely new. Um, Kristen and I had just finished our last circle and uh, for the month of January and it was just, again, absolutely breathtaking. Uh, Taking, I don't know. Why did it come out like that? I don't know. Either way, the circle was something else and can I expect anything less? Fuck no. It's uh, such profound work and there's just so much more self-discovery Uh, that we can always dig a little bit deeper, especially in different parts of our lives. Uh, As we know, life always sending us stuff that we've never really dealt with before, or we have dealt with it before, and now we have the tools to recognize signs and how to deal with these things. Um, But this is my message to it all. And I've been saying this for a little bit now. Uh, If you haven't heard this before, you're going to hear it again and you're going to hear it now um, is how easy it is to come off the bandwagon of your daily practice or your weekly practice or your monthly practice, whatever that looks like. I mean, I'm not saying that you need to sit there and do quiet meditations to yourself and uh, do whatever you think that looks like. And, and if you think that looks like something and you're putting a little bit of resistance in it, maybe that's not what it is. Uh, what it really is, is just quieting the mind, letting the mind drift, seeing what comes in, giving your mind that break from the daily thoughts. And this can happen in the shower. This can happen a good take in a walk. Um, I often do this when I do my chores. I will just 
I'll go into deep thought. And if I find that I'm having recurring thoughts, um, it's like my obsessiveness, compulsive thoughts, that's, I just literally will use the tools and redirect my mind to something that's going to serve me, something that's going to serve my highest, my highest self. And that's just how I do it. But that took time. So when you're doing your practice and you're coming to these circles or you're doing whatever you need to do, um, gaining that connectiveness uh, to your consciousness, it doesn't feel so much more different than just connecting to self. It's just a, it's a really, you need it to be a quiet space. You need somewhere where you can just kind of not be distracted from the outside noise. Um, so when, when I speak of this, this is why we're doing the circles because quite often we'll have these aha moments and then we'll start living our life again and life throws us these curveballs and we haven't been practicing. So now we can't, we can't quiet our mind. We're feeling stressed out and overwhelmed and all the things. So that's why we're holding these monthly circles to help you maintain consistency within your practice. And Kristen and I will be supporting you through that journey and holding space, sacred space, because our intentions is helping changing the world. We understand we have signed up to be a part of this movement of awakening and self-discovery. Um, there's so much to discover. And if you think that we're, we're all going to live, say, till we're 80, 90 years old, that's, that's a lot of life to process. And we're going to need these tools to guide us and help us along the way. So that is what these circles are about. Uh, that's what the work that we're doing with the podcast is all about. And I hope you like what we're dropping because it's a lot of work and... I mean, it doesn't feel like work because we enjoy it and it's part of our passion, but in the same breath, it's a lot of work. And we put our everything into these things because we want the best experience for our audience and whoever needs it. So I want to thank you so much for joining us in the podcast and listening to my random rant about circles freaking circle jerk if Kristen was here that's what it would be and well she is here because her and I are about just to have a wonderful discussion and I hope you enjoy it and if you listen till the end of the podcast there's some prompts for you so enjoy what's up hope you enjoyed the episode we have some prompts for you hi <laughs> prompt 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 so we have a few platforms that we just have to mention because we just put so much love and effort into this podcast and it's really important for us to expose ourselves because we think that you know really runs deep how important these messages are and how important it is to reach the masses so we're literally at a point in our business um, that we just feel like it's important to hit every single platform so you can find us on YouTube 
You can find us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Spotify. Spotify is our amazing subscription. So please head on over $4.99. You're going to get real deep, crazy um, talk and shares and things that you're just not going to get on the free episodes. Our free ones are fabulous. And if that's all you can you know, hold space for right now. We get it, but we definitely encourage you to check out our subscription. And hey, if you don't like it after one month, you unsubscribe. It's not a big deal. Not a big deal. It's like a cost of a coffee. Yeah. If you like those specialty coffees. Yeah. And really, when you think about this, <laughs> $4.99 for like a counseling session, you just can't. No, you really can't. And I do find in our free episodes, um, there is still juice in oh, there. Oh, God, yeah. But the meat and potatoes <laughs> is where the subscription is. Mm. So we strongly suggest you to do that. Now, if that is not in your cards, uh, definitely go to our YouTube channel and subscribe there because the subscriptions help with the algorithm of you know social media and it helps us just get exposed more. Like mm. They like that. Yeah. And they also like... When you share our shit, like you're, so do we. yeah, well, we like it. Obviously we like it the most. Yeah. Um, if you go to Apple podcasts, uh, there's an opportunity to rate and review the podcast. And this also helps with the algorithm thing that I was just mentioning. Mm-hmm. So put in the stars, put in the review. We'll share that shit and reward you for it because you're a fucking warrior. Exactly. And you know what? It's sharing the messages to help others. And that is obviously our ultimate goal is to help other people and to feel good about themselves. So if you feel good after you listen to one of our episodes, share that with somebody, maybe say, hey, send them an episode so that they can change their life. And then you don't have to be the one telling them all the things that they maybe need to hear. We'll be the ones doing it. Yeah, exactly. We have no problem with triggering others. (laughs) Absolutely. We will take the heat. That is our job. Yes. Well, thank you so much. Love you guys. Love you. Ciao for now.